You're listening to another episode of Total Talk Nonsense with John and Scott. All right, Total Talk Nonsense with John and Scott. I'm John. And I'm Scott. And this is episode 312, Scout. 312. That's right, John. Episode 312 coming after episode 311. <laughs> Do you know when we recorded episode 311, I John? Do. You told me. Well, not the date exactly, but... Uh, well, I don't know when we recorded it, but yeah. we released it on May 3rd of 2016. Whoa. At least it was in this year. Um, is that the longest time we've gone without doing a show? Yeah. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, we've had Is summer it, hiatuses before, yeah. and we've had other things, but nothing quite like this. Around the, the eve uh, of the eve of no more campaign ads or robocalls. Right, and uh, whichever way it goes, it's going to be um, wow. it's interesting. Wow, going to be unprecedented. Yes, either we're going to elect the first woman president, or we're going to elect... Um, Somebody who's completely fucking delusional. You know, on the last time, on the last show, maybe the last show or the show before that, I was making an argument that yeah. maybe we should vote for Donald Trump. Yes, you were. Because of this, that, and the other thing. But holy shit, since May 3rd, that guy hasn't said one fucking positive thing that I can get behind. Not one. Uh, so for me, it's pick the worst of two evils. But we'll get to that later, John. we got a lot of stuff to cover before we get... To our election special, right? Now we're going to start off 312 with all the voicemails we've gotten since May 3rd, 2016. It has to be like 50, right, John? How yeah. many do we have? How many what? Po- voicemails. Voicemails? Uh, let me count them. <laughs> One, two, two. <laughs> two. <laughs> yes. <laughs> two voicemails. Two. I guess they didn't and miss we got us that one of them much today. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> get through these two voicemails, and then we'll get on with the show. Yeah. We're going to talk about where we've been, John. We're going to talk about some other things. Uh, Cubs win. I don't know if you know that, John, but they won yeah. the World Series after 108 oh, years. Oh my God. Yeah. That's great. Uh, we're going to get some band updates. Not only your band, your other band, but the band that we're in. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about the election, John. That's right. A historic to evening tonight. It's very historic. We might Before have to the... get. We have to. Might have to strap up, dude. <laughs> what? Strap. <laughs> well, that's. I thought that I was mean. Thursday night. No. <laughs> we gotta. We gotta get heaters. We gotta strap. Oh, right. We gotta get strapped. We gotta get gats. Right. Protect ourselves from who knows what. Now. Who knows? I don't know. Hey, I got a. Uh, I'm so excited. I got uh, Emmanuel Emmanuel Capellette a reply to uh, a question I asked her. I don't even know who that is. She's a phenomenal drummer out of Canada. How about that? Yeah, and uh, I asked her how big her studio was. She replied. <laughs> she said twenty by sixteen, kind of. Now is that in meters or feet? I'm gonna have to ask her. Yeah, you're going to have to. Yeah. I did say awesome, thanks. You are the bomb. She's a very good drummer. How about that? She just replied to you right now? Yeah. Wow. She's very cute. Breaking news. Breaking TTN news right there. She's an excellent drummer and very cute. She's, I mean, she's phenomenal, dude. I mean, she's like, 
the shit. You'll have to send me a link. Yeah. Okay, so, hey, we got a couple of calls. Yeah. Who do you want to hear first, Pat or some other guy? It doesn't matter to me. Play him right. in order. All right, Pat was uh, a couple of days ago. Let's see here. Monday. He called on Monday. Monday. This would be uh, Pat McGroin calling us on Monday. John Scott, Pat McGroin. Today is the second day of November, one week away from the election. Where the fuck are you guys? Hello, <laughs> McFly. <laughs> guys, if ever there was a time to come out of hibernation, this would be the time. Get out of that fucking time machine, Scott. Uh, please. <laughs> they hate let, you. Uh, please, let Scott come out and play. Johnny, make the call. Let's do it. Come on. I need a good a good podcast pre- and post-election, okay? If ever there was a time. We got the Cubs in the World Series Game 7 tonight. Johnny, come on, buddy. Let's go. Crank it up. Crank up the machines. Let's go. Later. All right, so we will get to all of that. That was Monday. Was it Game 7 on Monday? I thought that was... Uh... November 2nd, he said. Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. I have no idea. November but 2nd was uh, Tuesday. We will get to the Cubs Wednesday. win. Wednesday. And we will do a pre-election uh, yeah. commentary. Yeah. Now, he's also su- suggesting we do post-election, John. That means we have to come back. It could be six months later. It could be who knows. I don't know how long, but we have to do one more show at least to do the post-election right uh, commentary. Yeah, yeah. How about that? We got another voicemail. Yes, number two. <laughs> All right, long time listener, first time calling. About freaking time you guys get back on the stick and do a podcast. Been waiting to hear what you got to say about the bonehead Trump bozo. And uh, Miss Clinton here we got going on. Uh, looking forward to listening to the show tomorrow. Bye. All right. He didn't leave a name, but uh, mystery man, first-time caller, long-time listener. Thank you for calling. And what was the date of that uh, voicemail? Uh, that was today. Oh, it was today. <laughs> it was while that? we were sitting in there talking, and it was going off. So we got something November 2nd, and yeah. we got something today. Yeah, so we got two. Uh, two. There, there was a missed call, but... That was in September. There was no voicemail. No voicemail. No. Yeah. So we got two. That that's that's a start, Scott. That is a start. We're back on top. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. So where have we been, John? Where? China. Have we been? <laughs> I didn't go to China. No. But me China. anyway. I've China been uh, since last November. November two thousand fifteen. Yeah. I spent 12 weeks in Europe for <laughs> Two, work. Oh, my God. Uh, oh, this year, not This in year, a row. not in a row. The longest I was there in a row was three weeks, and I just finished that. So I was gone from October 1st through October 21st or something but like that. But you didn't go to China. China! I did not go to China. Nobody even suggested I go to China. China all the time. I may have to go back uh, in December to Dublin, but I don't think. That's unlikely. Dublin. Dublin. So I've been traveling yeah. a lot for work. and um, I did a little. You did a little bit. Yeah. I know that when I got back, I mentioned a podcast, and you're like, dude, I'm going to Arizona. Yeah. Um, so we just never... No, that was the first time. You got first back. Time. I went to Arizona. Yeah. I came back. We went to 
Vegas. Then right. You, then you went to the uh, over abroad again for abroad. like four weeks. Abroad, John. And then I uh, went abroad. <laughs> and then I then you came back and I flew to Denver for a week. Right. So we've been traveling a lot. Yeah. And when we are here together, we just couldn't get our shit together. Well, I, even the band's been on hiatus. Two bands, I was right? In two bands at the same time. One of them was Kangaroo Court, right? That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. And we've been doing playing with backing tracks and yeah, yeah, all new technology. Mm-hmm. Modern elixirs on hiatus. Is there a return date? Uh, nothing set so far. Now, Modern Elixir, that's your other band. <clears throat> yeah. You play with Phil, the bass player, and with yeah. Jules, who's been on the show. Tommy. And Tommy. Has Jesus, Tommy ever Jesus been on Julie. the show? I don't think so. No, he's never been on. Jesus Julie's been on. Yeah. She's been on twice? Yeah. Twice. She's into biking and fitness now. I don't think she's into the whole band thing anymore. No? Doesn't Moving away from that? I don't know. Hmm. So this hiatus may is indefinite. Well, for now, it's cold. It's you know, it's it's you know, shitty weather. Well, and the last gig you had was at a nudist colony, right? Yeah, you can't do that in the cold weather. Oh, right. No, it was kind of weird. It was kind of cold. Um, yeah, that's that place in Wisconsin, nudist colony. Did I talk about that before? You, yeah, I remember you uh, had a gig there the year before, yeah, right? Yeah, so three, three, I think we've played there three, four times. I don't know, three times. Three times. I would say three. This is the third time. This is the first time we played outside, though. The other two times were in, like, a barn, and the first time was I was setting my shit up, and I hear this voice, hey, John, how's it going? And I turn around, and there's a guy standing there with just a visor and a pair of uh, flip-flops and a beer. That's was all he we a, had. Was he a shower or a grower? Um, I, did, I don't know. It's hard to tell. What do you mean? How do you know? <laughs> do you know what those terms are? Yeah, I do. Shower, grower. Yeah, I, I do. So my wife and I were watching. There's a great show on Amazon Prime called Goliath with Billy Bob Thornton. And- I mean, I, I've I've heard this. You know, there was there's a study I've read. Hold but on. I don't know. I don't know how to observe. William Hurt is in the show, and this in this one scene in the last two episodes, it, it kind of it peters out. But it's really great up until then. <laughs> peters out, Peter. Yeah, Good I, one. pun intended. So there's this one scene where William Hurt gets up from his desk and he walks around the desk and he's naked, and the guy's got this package. Uh, and I'm like, I told my <laughs> wife, he's got to be a a shower because I can't imagine that thing growing any more than it already is. Right? Yeah. And I got 20 questions about how I would know what a shower and a grower was if I were heterosexual. And I'm like, hey, I got I got that stuff. I got that equipment. So I know all about it. I know all the yeah. terminology, all the slang, everything about it I know as a heterosexual man. But you were you were still guessing. You said he he he's probably a, a yeah, shower. He's, he's gotta be. He's, he's gotta a be a shower he's because it was to be. It was like hanging down to his knees. I mean, it was. <laughs> I can't yeah, imagine how do you it. fill that thing up, <laughs> right? right? <laughs> Jeez, you pass out. Um, let's see. I don't know. I don't remember. Like, I don't recall. Like checking it out. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. 
That's the first thing I would do. I would well, classify guys I, in two categories. <laughs> I think he's a grower or I think he's a shower. And if I had any questions, I'd ask him. Hey, you a grower or a shower? I'm a, I'm going a grow- on down there. I'm a grower. <laughs> Just get that I am out a of grower too. We're both Gemini and we're both growers, John. Yeah, we were born six same. hours apart. No, six days. Six <laughs> yeah, days apart. Six hours <laughs> in the same womb. <laughs> womb service. Um, yeah. So. That was the first experience, you know, and then the second time you're kind of used to it. Well, the first experience, he drove me around. And, so it's shocking the first yeah, time. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Cause a guy has a conversation and he's naked. He's naked, and then you're the only clothed people. and You and, don't have uh, to be, John. You don't have to be, no. But it's like uh, you're the freak, right? So the, the second minority. time, yeah, the second time it kind of... You know, was it wore off? We're used to it. We're we're regulars now. So the third time, now we're outside, and this I don't know who is their fucking builder, but some guy built this. I don't know what it is. It's like an outdoor theater that even in the the barn they had this stage. Like it, it was like a they gave, they did like puppet shows or something, puppetry of the penis, or, or I don't know. They must have done other stuff than just having bands, you know, because they had like these fake curtains, like a, a string going across and some sheer curtains. And well, they had something similar outside, except the the platform for the band was pieces of wood that were a couple of like an inch and a half apart. So like my stands were going through in between the pieces of wood. I had to position my stands just right. So they wouldn't fall into the crack of the wood and tip over, you know, like my symbols. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Uh, and same with my seat. I had to back it all the way up to, um, the back of this thing, which really didn't have a wall or railing. So it was very unsafe. So even if you roll the carpeting out, it would still be an issue? Yeah, it was still an issue because uh, I don't have a full carpet. I just have the enough to hold the kick drum still so it doesn't slide around while I'm playing it. Yes. Um, but you made it. You worked yeah, it out. Yeah, we figured it out. You uh, figured it out. But at the same time, they were having food, and they set the line up right in front of the stage. So... We're trying to get shit up on the stage and get set up while people, naked people are in line. For food. For pork and beans. Pork. <laughs> so you got to say, excuse me, every two seconds. Yeah. So you can get it's your. It's so annoying. Your throne yeah. through. Or your base. Can, can you wait for your pork and beans? <laughs> uh, so we finally get it all set up and. Uh, uh, we have some songs with backing tracks as well, so we had to try and figure out how, and for some reason, I could not remember how I set up the backing tracks when we played an outdoor live gig a few weeks before that with the board that we had. I just couldn't figure it out. Somehow I figured it out, and... uh 
you know, you got to get somebody out there to listen. And we, we don't have anybody, right? Nobody. So basically, Julie went out there. Yeah, yeah, sounds good. And the naked people are like, yeah, yeah, it sounds good. Um, So anyway, we start playing, and this very nice-looking woman walks up to the band. No, she's wearing a dress Mm -hmm. that you could see through. Uh, But she pulls it all the way up over her head and flashes us completely. And she's got the landing strip. Did it rattle you? Uh, No. No, I've she's been there before. I'm a professional. Yeah. I do my shit. I play my gig. You know, I do my job. Right. Um. Uh. So we took a break and we played a bunch of songs. We took a break, and the dude that hired us, his wife, brought us back to their trailer to party with us. Right. So the, they live in a mobile home. Yeah. Well, it's a it's a campground, so everybody's got a mobile home with a deck. Ah, I up see. Up against it and everything. So they're all there for some thing, some nudist thing, and they're all camping, basically. Right. I see. And, you know, they got tents out there. They got all kinds of shit. So uh, we go over. <laughs> Did you have a tent out there, John? <laughs> <laughs> Funny. <laughs> I pitched my own. Um. So um, we go to this, this trailer, and we're sitting there hanging out, and she's... I mentioned something about somebody. I don't know. Somebody. Who, some woman or something. Like a celebrity? And no. Somebody, somebody was the, there? That was there. Like yeah. uh, she had a nice rack or something. I don't know what it was. And this woman like flashes hers and like bounces them in my face. Like she's like all touching upset. your face like a no, stripper? I wouldn't let them get that close. They were close. But not that close, and I'm like, oh my god! So, and she's smoking weed and blowing it in our face, and I'm like, oh my god! And she's playing song. How about this song? What a blue oyster cult! What about this one? And her and Tommy start like hitting it off because they went to school around the same time. I think they went to high school back in 1964 or something like that. <laughs> so. uh that's not true. <laughs> anyway, so next thing I know, people are looking for us. We're we're there for like an hour in this this. But you uh, had finished playing, right? First set. Oh, you finished your one first set. set. One so set. They ex- you took an hour yeah, break, and we come back, and they're like, "Where the fuck have you been?" <laughs> Okay, relax. So we get back up on stage and we play like the rest of the night. And we we fucking rock, dude. I mean, the place was going crazy. But the problem is is when you tear down, it's it's so dark up in Wisconsin. There's no lights. We just had our lights and then we tried our have our car lights and then people got pissed off because our Car lights were aiming at their trailer, and they're running around naked in the car lights. And it's it was, so dark; it's like you can be abducted by aliens. Oh yeah. kind of dark. I mean, it's black, dark. Like you can't even see your hand in front of your face. That's how dark. Because if you walk out of any light source and into the night, it's you, over. It's over. You can't see anything. How were the bugs? Were the bugs a problem? Uh, they weren't. They weren't bad. It wasn't like the Oregon Island gig that we did. Nothing like that. It wasn't bad at all because it was very damp and cold 
by the time we got done. So uh, we packed up and threw our shit. And so that was my last gig with them. Your um, last gig? Then yeah. Was it a, 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 did you talk about the hiatus? No, or no, did it I just kind of happen? I sent a text. Oh, you sent a text? <laughs> yeah, like the kids you said, I'm do done. Day. No, I, I didn't say that. What'd I you just, say? I need a break. I just said I need a break because uh, I think band practice got canceled or something. And I just said, you know what? Let's, I need a break from this for a while. And uh, uh, Phil came by to pick up his dough, and he wanted to know what was going on. I'm just like, you know, um, I need a break. I need a break. We need to think of where we want to go with this, because this little $250 little tiny shithole bar gigs are sucking, you know. Um, I don't want to play there anymore. I want to play some decent gigs, some fests, some... Bar 145, where people actually go. (laughs) (laughs) And wear clothes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't mind playing there either, but they, uh, the guy who's, who does it, he's moving. He sold his trailer. We could have picked that sucker up, man. Sold it for like six grand. And it's like a two bedroom. Mobile. Yeah. Mobile. But it sits there. It's, it's got a deck built onto it um so yeah so he said there's other guys that are going to contact you in the future and you're a big favorite here and and jack tripper you know those guys yeah i know those guys they they played the weekend before out of sight and you know what what and you know what no what they said we were better (laughs) really that is out of sight Cause they're pretty good, John. They're really good. They're, I think they're better than us, but it might have been the song selections. I don't know. Because we do a lot of 80s. They do some stuff, too, but then they do some UFO. And and there's a lot of old people at this re- retirement home. <laughs> this, uh, <laughs> nudist retirement home. Um. Yeah, some people that should just leave their clothes on, you know, those types, like me. Um, they just, I don't know. But they're fine with it. Everybody's cool with it. They're they're all into it. They're all swingers, too. I overheard a story uh, from the guy who hires us about selling his house, and uh, people came through to look at it, and he forgot that they left some dildos out and handcuffs and shit. and. Um, <laughs> they had an orgy. No, no, he was just like, oh shit. Uh, but they didn't say a word, and he's like, well, hey, you know what the hell? They must have been cool. Um, but but they're all swingers up there too. That's their whole thing. So Outside. they're always trying to get Julie naked and Tommy naked. They don't ask you. No, no, they they do. They say the drummer last time did not not the guy from Jack Tripper, but from some other band. Huh. The other drummer did. I'm like, yeah, well, I'm not like all drummers, man. Right on. Uh, so what I, I meant to talk to you and Rick about is um, when I did get to uh, Leiden, uh, yeah. October. Yeah, yeah. They have this fest that's been going on for 120 years. It's called. Um, I don't know what the fuck it's called. Right. They call it's it like Oktoberfest. Octo- right. But it's 
You sent it's, pictures. It's in celebration of them kicking the Spaniards out in 1576. And they have this big weekend festival. It runs like Thursday through Monday. And there's a ton of bands. And I can probably get us a gig there because I know people there now. Nice. So if you guys want to go back next year, October, I can check into that. That'd be nice, yeah. But we'd have to have equipment there. Yeah, I would. I would assume I would, uh, you know, bring my own base, and right. then, but we'd have we'd have to borrow somebody's equipment. I mean, I bring my cymbals or rent it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but if you guys are interested, I could start uh, working on that. Yeah, we gotta run it by Rick. I'm sure. Run it by Rick. Love it. Right on. All right, so uh, uh, kind of this hiatus, and there's no real talk about getting back together. Nobody's really excited about, hey, let's get back together. We're going to wait till spring, yeah. see what happens. and Yeah, nobody's really called or said, you know, for all I know, they're jamming with another drummer. I don't know. <laughs> well, and I have no idea. Even at Kangaroo Court, because I've been traveling so much, we had a gig somewhere. Yeah. And yeah. then we haven't done anything since then. Right. Nothing. But well, um, we played the last... Clemente's gig in the last May. Clemente's gig. That's right, John. Wasn't it May or was it July? That's July sixteenth. I think it was. I have no idea. It was July. I know that July. Yeah, yeah. I I got all the videos still to edit. I only did one song. That, that's how busy I am. I haven't even been able to edit. Did we play well? Did we play the song well? Did we play that gig well? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Well, good. That's good. <laughs> you don't remember, do you? All I remember is uh, Nick showed up with his crew. Yeah. And he brought his daughter, Sarah. And Sarah said, like, we exceeded all her expectations. Aha! Uh-huh. Like, she heard we were in a band, and she's like, oh, uh, those guys are in a band? They got to suck. <laughs> And then she wrong. showed up, and she could wrong. not stop talking about how wrong, right? Yeah. She, how wrong she was yeah. about that. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah. So and we we uh, we do do that to people. We they, surprise them. They surprise the shit out of them because they're like oh, these old drunks. There's no way <laughs> they could play a chord. Yes, a chord. Or a beat or anything, and next thing you know, they want, what the fuck? So are you ready? Are we you ready skills. to start practicing again? Because you said I haven't played since my last gig. Well, I've, I've had a kidney stone for six weeks, so. Do we have to wait till that's resolved? Um, Do they have to go well, in? I, I actually feel. Are like, they going to go in? I feel better, maybe, maybe. And how do they go in? If they have to go in, where do they go? <laughs> so the idea, this is called a, uh, a laser lipotripsy or something like that. Yes. Uh, they actually, <laughs> so they put a, a catheter in your urethra through your penis hole. You're, you know, I don't know if you know this, John, but <laughs> there's a little <laughs> tiny vagina in urethra. <laughs> urethra? Can you say that, dude? Yeah, I can say it, man. <laughs> your urethra. Urethra. Yeah. Little teeny tiny vagina in your urethra. <laughs> well, let's not start sucking each other's dicks quite yet.
Um, yes. So, yeah, they stick a catheter in there, and, and the idea is they got to put a camera in. <laughs> so I watched the procedure online, and the doctor's talking about how they dilate the hole, and they keep shoving in another tube that's wider, and and the tubes are like... Uh, they they're kind of wedge shaped, so each one they jam uh. in there widens your hole bigger and bigger <laughs> until they could fit a big camera and a laser, and then they zap. Then they cruise around with the camera and they find it. They find it. Well, first they search and destroy. They screw, squirt a bunch of saline in there to clean out all the gunk, and then they find it, and then they zap it with the laser and bust it up, and then they have this little basket that they stick in there that grabs the material and they just start pulling it out. And once they've, they've got the one, they check all these little holes in your kidney oh. holes. Are you conscious for this or do they knock no, you out? They knock you out. Ah. It's fucked up. Cause what they do is they, they like turn you upside down almost with your legs spread Eagle. And the doctor's in between your legs jamming these Hold on. <laughs> tubes in your... Turn you upside down. You're on your belly? No. Turn you upside down. You're, you're laying there like Jesus. Oh, like with your Jesus. your arms outstretched. You're like crucified. And then they, they, they tilt the table. So you're... you're, ah. you're uh, so you're strapped to this table. You're yeah. unconscious. Yeah. And then they start jamming stuff in your urethra. Yeah. Ugh. So I have an appointment with that guy next Tuesday or no, next Wednesday. But because I was uh, pissing so much blood on Friday and it like stopped midstream and then it just blasted out. um, And then I went to see the doctor literally a half hour after that happened. I was, I was like, it was normal urination, but I was having some burning. Like he's like, "Yeah, you should come in," because I, I had other issues, like blood clots were coming out, and it was just a mess. It was pretty. It, it was pretty freaky. I have pic. I had pictures. I'm not going to show them to you. Thank you. Because I got rid of them, um, but I saved them for the doctor, and he was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's normal. You know, that's the that's stone normal. Is, is cutting up your ah. your your ureter as it comes down. Your ureter." So, so it's, it's normal, normal if you have, have a stone if you have lodged a, yeah. in you. <laughs> yeah. This is normal stuff. Yeah. So, you know, this is like the 15th stone, but it's never been stuck before. And um, one night, it was the pain was so bad. I've heard, you know, stories of people like Nick even said his was like the gr- a grain of sand and. He was rolling around the back of the car when his wife was taking him to the ER. And I've never had that kind of, well, it's so bad that you're nauseous and you're squeezing a marble. You you feel like you can literally squeeze a, you could melt a granite countertop with how hard you're squeezing it because it's so painful. But it comes in waves. So if it was like a sustained, constant pain that lasted for hours, yeah, I wouldn't be able to handle that. But it comes in these waves, and it lasts for 20 minutes. And one night, 
It was so bad. I had a fever. I was, <laughs> it was brutal. Um, but uh, I took a handful of ibuprofen. I took a Xanax. And within an hour, I was asleep like a baby. I went, woke up, went to work. Um, and I, you know, I worked through it. And so wait a minute. So for the rest of your life, then are you, is your expectation that, Hey, I'm going to have one of these things once every two months. Like, is that your expectation? Like eight to 12. One every eight to 12 <clears throat> months. Yeah. Here's my problem. And this is what my doctor noticed. He said, uh, look, your urine is really concentrated. So you're not drinking enough fluids. That's why I have this big bottle of Fiji water. So I have to drink like two liters a day and I'm drinking maybe half a liter a day. And because it's so concentrated, the, uh, you have these issues. I have these issues. My, so all you have to do is drink body, more water. I, I drink more water, eat less like uh red meat because it creates purines, which creates a uric acid stones. I don't have gout. Um, but it's similar. And then they have this drug called allopurinol that you can take, and it, but it gives you a gout attack. It, it makes them come out, and it hurts like a motherfucker, and it makes you nauseous. And he's like, here, take this. Yeah, I don't want to feel shittier. I want to feel better. Once the stone's out, I feel fine. Um, so today, so this week, uh, since since Friday... Uh, afternoon is like the best I felt in six weeks, six, eight weeks. All right. So when you get this stone cleared up and and your doctor said you may have already passed it, yeah. you didn't know. Yeah. We'll find out uh, Friday. I don't know how that's Friday possible. You would know. I would think. Well, I'm thinking that that one blast, it was, it came out, but I, I, you didn't have a basket to catch it. I didn't it. have a basket to catch it in. And, and it was so the water, water, the piss was so, uh, it looked like I just pissed out a can of Coca-Cola. Not RC Cola? Coca-Cola? Well, maybe Pepsi. Could be Pepsi? Could or be Shasta. Dr. Shasta Cola. Doctor, what do they call it? Dr. Pepper. Dr. Pepper. <laughs> or Mr. Pib. <laughs> it might have been a Mr. Pib. All right, so, but once that's resolved, then you're ready to, to play drums again? A Barks Root Beer. Is that right? You ready to play yeah. drums again? Yeah. All right. Very good. It's just uncomfortable sitting for a long period of time. Even after the kidney stone is out? <clears throat> or are you saying when you have the kidney stone, it's uncomfortable sitting when for I a long have time? Because you could feel I it. I see. Yeah. Like, oh, this isn't bad because I can move around. You, you mean can't I can walk in there and feel it? You can't. What you're saying? You, yeah. Yeah. If you want to. No. No. You and have to go through my sphincter. Urethra? <laughs> sphincter? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I've if, been there. If before. it's lodged in my prostate, then that's where you find it. Yeah, that's where you would find it. <laughs> yes. All right, so that's where we've been. Yeah, that's why we haven't done a show, but we're here pre-election. Yeah. All right, John. So since May third, here's what's happened to me. Did we used to play a game? Poopy? What was Any it called? Shitter Shinola? Yeah. Well, it's been so long. It's been a long time. Well, here's what's happened to me since May 3rd, 2016. What's happened, Scott? 
Sent my daughter to college. Oh, man. It's so fucking great. Really? Yes. Everybody says, like, oh, just wait. You'll be crying. and No. Oh, you'll be no. miserable. You were like, yeah. Yeah. Yes. There was <laughs> so much tension wrong. in the house. <laughs> there's something wrong with you, man. No, there's not. Yeah, there is. You should be like. My daughter was at this point where she was not appreciating the lifestyle that she's grown up oh, in. Oh, I see. And yeah. she needed to get out on her she own. Needs to be, she needs to wise up. Right. And she's really not out on her own. I mean, we're paying for fucking everything. Yeah, right. But at least she's not at home, right? And so she goes to college. It's it's right down the street, really. It's at Loyola. So we've seen her quite a bit. And what I've noticed is when she comes back, she wants to talk about all these things like civil rights and women's rights and all this shit that she never wanted to talk about before. But it's part of her education. Yeah. And so she's inspired by this and she's getting into it. And she's actually interesting to talk to now. In some regard, <laughs> I remember when I first, when my wife and I brought Emma home and I'm like, ah, I, I just don't, this whole infant thing and this toddler thing. Yeah. I can't relate unless they can talk. Talking is how I relate to people. And so you, you know, you develop this, they start talking and you figure out, you try to figure out what they're thinking and all this stuff. And. But it's really not, uh, for me anyway, it really wasn't, there were opportunities to educate, but it really wasn't satisfying. Now that she's at college and she can come home and have, I guess from my perception, uh, an intelligent conversation about whatever, current events, civil rights, women's rights, philosophy. I'm so excited, John. It's so exciting to me. Yeah. Now, my son, on the other hand, he's in seventh grade. And he's been having these conversations since he was in fifth grade. <laughs> so he's already there, which is kind of weird because uh, girls are supposed to mature faster than boys. But I think that's a different kind of thing. Like, it's different. This is more academic. Right, right. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying my kids. And uh, Emma's away at college. And she's doing really well class-wise. She's struggling with being away, uh, but she um, she wants to vote, but she has to come back home to vote. Oh, right, so yeah. she wanted to come home tonight, and I said, all right, well, tell me what train you're going to take, and I'll come pick you up, but I have to do it before 8 because I'm podcasting. And we talked a little bit, and there was a, a slight window that she would, is going to have to join me. Uh, in the podcast, but she said, uh, I asked her, what time is your, not allowed. your class get out? She is an adult now, John. Doesn't matter. What time does your class get out tomorrow, your last class? And she said, uh, I don't know, it's like 1230 or something. I said, all right, so if it gets out at 1230, uh, I'll pick you up at the yellow line at around 330 or 4. We'll figure it out tomorrow, but then I'll bring you home and you can vote. You can spend the night at home and then we'll get you back. Uh, to school for her class on Wednesday. So that's the current plan. Because she wants to exercise her right to vote, John. It's great. It's all very exciting. Um, and not only that, John, Emma and I won the Lake Geneva 
Triathlon Relay 2016. How about that? That's out of sight. It is out of sight. And I told her uh, the year before, so we do it with this other guy, Jack, that I've known for about 15 years. So I swim, this guy Jack rides the bike, and then Emma ran this year. Now, the year before, I ran, and I'm not that very good of a runner. But we took third place last year. So I told Emma, Emma, if you run for us, we'll take first place. It's fucking guaranteed. So she's like, all right, I'll run. And I got to concentrate on swimming. So by concentrating on swimming, I did a a fucking phenomenal time. Jack did better than he did last year. And then Emma ran, and she cut like 16 minutes off my time from the year before. Wow. And we still got third place. Like, what the hell? So we get our third place trophy, and then I go home, and I start looking at the results, and I'm like, this isn't right. And I have photographic evidence of Emma crossing the line with the clock in the picture, and it's our first place time. Wow. So what they did when, uh, so these machines calculate the times, and they have to download the stuff, and then they have to sort it to figure out who won. They didn't sort the whole spreadsheet. They just just sorted the 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 columns. Right. So we were lucky to even get third place. Yeah. Because who knows where we would have ended up. Did you protest? Yes, I did protest. We are first place on the website. I'm still waiting for my first place trophy, which is a beer stein that says first place on it. And my daughter was devastated. She said, Dad, you said we were going to take first place, and we took third place. And for her, it was all about a selfie moment, having a selfie with the first place trophy. So that didn't work out for her. Ruined. It was ruined. And then when I told her, well, hey, we did actually take first place, (laughs) then she got even more pissed off. (laughs) I'm like, wait a minute. It's not about selfies. It's about taking first place. We won. And we're going to defend our title next year. Right on. You demand justice. Well, I'm hoping that they'll waive my initiation fee, not in whatever, the fee for the race next year for this embarrassment, this travesty yeah. of giving us third place trophies Corruption. when we took first place. Yes. Yeah. Fixed. And then we went to it's Vegas. Fixed. And uh, anything else? Anything happen to you, John, between uh, now and May 3rd? May 3rd and no, now? No. Worth noting? Uh, not really. We talked about the band. Yeah. Anything else? Not no. really. Nothing else? No. Okay. Then we all went to Vegas, John. That's right. Yeah. When did we go? In August? August, yeah. First week, I think. Second week. First week of August. I really don't remember too much about Vegas. It was very hot. Yeah, it was really hot. Spent some time in the pool. Um, went out to dinner. Mm. We went oh, and saw yeah, the you band. You guys went to dinner. I had left. Yeah, you had to already. leave. And so we went to uh, some place in the Wynn, some Italian place that specializes in Italian. Was it good? Yes, it was very good. Um, yeah, we saw the band as usual. Uh, it was kind of a tepid trip i thought tepid what does that yeah, mean it was you know it wasn't lukewarm. as adventurous yeah as the year before it was lukewarm yeah well we got to meet richie oh yeah richie we forgot about burger town richie or whatever his name <laughs> burger joint richie so the the process is we all go out and if we get lost or we lose each other we end up back at the encore yeah 
and we hang out at the bar. The East bar or whatever. East and side And then bar. we all hook up again, and we decide what we're going to do the next day. So I lost you guys early on. I end up back at this bar, and this guy Richie's there, and I don't know Richie yet, but he's kind of a loud mouth, and he's he's buying drinks for everybody, and he's very opinionated. And I can't even remember what I said, but I disagreed with him about something. Uh, isn't it interesting? He, he can talk and talk and talk, and I agree with him, and I won't say a word. But the second he says something I don't agree with, then I speak up. Yeah. Is that my issue? That's you, man. Yeah. That's me? Yeah. yeah. So, And you say I'm confrontational. <laughs> I can't even remember what he said, but I disagreed with him. And so we got into this conversation, and then he decided that he liked me. And Yeah. Then I, you were pals, There was, there was this kind of like... Um, Kind of this macho thing going on that I'm going, I like you, but I'm going to show you who's in charge. Yeah. So I'm going to buy drinks for everybody and for you, and I'm going to dedicate this round of drinks to you. And so I got a couple of drinks, and we kept talking, and then he's like, hey, I got this cabana tomorrow. I rented a cabana. I want you to come by. I'm like, all right, that's cool. Um, And so I went by the next day, and... uh I was his guest. He was very gracious, very gracious host. Richie! And he said, you need anything. If you ever need anything, just say, hey, Richie! And uh, I'll take care of you. Which we did. Yeah, we did. Yeah, he was very nice to me as well. Uh, we uh, chatted it up a little bit, and I don't know, some lovely ladies showed up. I can't remember the one we, we said who she looked like. Uh with the eyes. With the eyes. Olivia Wilde? Yeah, Olivia Wilde. Yeah. And then another one had all these tattoos all over. They must have been strippers or hookers or something. I don't know. It's hard to tell there, right? It's really difficult to know. So you just be nice. You just, you know, they they didn't want anything. They didn't ask for us to go they weren't anywhere. Soliciting. No, they were just hanging out and talking and they actually bought us a round of drinks. Some sort of uh raspberry vodka or something. And then they wanted to go to the crazy horse and we're all like, Yeah, no. And Richie's like, Yeah, I'll get a limo. I'll let me get two grand out. And they were like, No, you don't need any money. We know people there. We got friends and we just hung out at the bar. I don't I, I kinda I went to bed. Because it was already 2, 3 in the morning. And I think I had to fly out the next day. So I was like, I'm done. But you guys must have stayed till when? I don't even remember what you're talking about. You don't? <laughs> I may have been there. No, you, you, I, were, I never you went... were back and forth. Kinda. Yeah. yeah, I was in and out. Um. I, yeah, I was probably I, playing so, Wonder Woman slots. Well, I'm leaning on the side of the bar, and these two guys come walking up, and one of them's wearing a Cubs hat, he's a black guy, and the other guy's, I would say, Mexican or Latino. And they're like, hey, man, is this your posse? Is this your crew? And and I go, well, yeah, all these guys are. And we're, we met this guy, Richie, and... He's like, where'd you get all these ladies, man? I'm like, I have no idea. They came out of the Nick Jonas concert, and they saw all us guys here drinking, and they came over and just started drinking. Oh, man. You guys got it going on, man. And I'm looking at him like, (laughs) 
because we're old, right? We're in our fifties. We're not yeah. these guys. Didn't these... they just have a movie about uh, Pacino and <laughs> what did they call that movie? That's us in like ten years, dude. <laughs> in Vegas, yeah, right. So you know, we're like we have nothing to do with this. We're just just st- standing here drinking and talking and listening to the the lounge band that was playing and. So I said, I go, this guy, is he a Cubs fan? And he goes, oh, no, man. He just, you know, the hat, it's part of his style, right? So he's got all these hats, man, that, like, you know, whatever he's wearing, he matches the hat to that. I'm like, so tomorrow could be, like, you know, the the White Sox or the Blue Jays or whatever, and he's wearing blue and a bird shirt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're talking a little bit, and I find out they're, like, from Compton, you know, like East L.A., and he's got, like, the tats, like, prison tats going and shit. Well, how did they get to Vegas? Are they entertainers? I don't, I or are they? Know. I, I was afraid to ask, you know. So I'm just hanging out, talking to them, and they actually they bought us some drinks, too. So we had, like, every... We had the the private, you know, angel investor in a burger company. We had the hooker stripper contingent. We had us, you know, you, me, Nick, uh, TP. I forget. Steve was there. I don't remember who else rolled up. You know, I maybe Vito, Vito rolled up and then he left. And then we had the we had representation from Compton in East LA. <laughs> it was great, man. I mean, it was like a a melting pot of everything Vegas in one spot. And then we had the the lounge singing band to the side, and we had the you know we had I, that bartender was terrible, though I gotta say that we had there. Yeah, he wasn't too good. Well, you know, you mentioned it was more subdued than the years before. Yeah. It wasn't as adventurous as the years before. But uh, the one thing about it is we didn't spend that much money on alcohol this year because <laughs> people were buying alcohol for That's us. That's for sure. Yeah. Although the pictures of those goddamn uh, uh, peachberry rushes were going like crazy. Yeah, that's that's a good drink, isn't it? With <laughs> $65 a pitcher. Oh, my God. Well, then some of Nick's friends or his brother's friends showed up, and then we ran into some Trump supporter guy. We Oh, uh, Nick ran into a neighbor in the pool, a guy who lived a block away from him in the pool at the Encore. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. Did he drop his phone in the pool? No. Yeah. But he uh, started talking to Nick, and he said, I'm from Chicago. Yeah, where? me too. And then they said, and then Nick told him where. He's like, yeah, I'm from the same town. And then Nick says, what street he lives on? He goes, I live on the same street. Shut up. Yeah, my address is blah, blah, blah. So they live on the same fucking street and they were at the same hotel same, same pool at the same time whoa so they ended up we floated over to some corner and that's when some of the guys from uh, uh, uh his brother's 
uh, posse came down. And then, oh, and that guy was wearing a, a Trump hat. He was wearing a uh, Make America Great Again hat in a pool. I have one of those. And everybody's like, yeah, that's the hat, man. I go, let me see your hat. And I took it off his head, and I looked at it, and it said Made in China. I'm like, look, he's let me look at mine. Make it America Great. It's fucking Made in China. Hold on. I got mine right here. <laughs> mine is Made in China. <laughs> It's a Nissan cap made in China. See? China. Made in China. So if I wear this hat, the red China. hat that says China. make America great again, China if I wear all the that time. to yeah. vote. Yeah. China all the time. That's illegal, right? I don't know. Is it illegal? No. I Why think would it, it be illegal? Because you're not supposed to. Um, China all the time. Do that at a polling place. You can't be in 200 yards or something within a polling place where they take the vote and... Um, oh, and a sign? Trump, Trump, Trump. Trump, <laughs> Trump, Trump. And, and, and like, wear a, a Trump T-shirt wrong. or wear this hat or... Wrong. Is that wrong? I don't know. I thought I don't that know. was right. See what happens. Where? See what happens. I'll see what happens. But, yeah, then they started talking Trump, and I got in an argument with some woman about... Uh, and it's really hard to argue in that pool with women because they're topless, some some of them. Some of them, yes. It's a European the, pool, John. European pool. <laughs> so you're like, oh, shit. But uh, she was a teacher, and she was bitching about education and this and that. And I'm like, come on. You're a teacher. You're, you're going to collect a pension. And she's like, well, they're stopping that. I said, okay, they're stopping it. Let's pretend for a moment uh, that you were a private school teacher, like at a a Catholic school, do you really think you would be making the kind of money you make? Now, I'm not I'm not defending how cor- how fucked up and corrupt the education system is because it is. I, I'm from Chicago. I know it. CPS is really fucked up. Uh, they have way too many districts, too many superintendents. They pay them way too much fucking money 600 grand some of them make it's just ridiculous they call them ceos how the fuck can you be a ceo of a school a district um but i you know i'm like i agree with that but the thing is is let's say so it's it's all privatized now you have this there's no more tenure it's a meritocracy uh it's who you know you might get the job. It's going to be exactly the same as in, in the public sector. Nothing's going to change, only you'll get paid less. Not only will you get paid less, but you won't get guaranteed any pension. You'll be in a 401K. And if those motherfuckers in Wall Street go and fuck around and start selling CDOs and, and uh, credit default swaps again. We're too regulated, John. No, we're I'm being sarcastic. I know. If we, if we were that regulated, that wouldn't have happened. <laughs> um, I go the next the next bubble is going to wipe out. Well, it'll wipe out your pension because that's where all the the uh, bonds go. They go into the the housing uh, part of the mortgage backed securities. Actually, so you're fucked either way. 
it's it's better to get involved in your local government instead of reading some meme or some bullshit bullet point that somebody sticks up or listening to somebody bash Hillary Clinton over and over and over again without any real facts. Can, I can't imagine this chick has been in politics for 30 years, and if she is that crooked, why is she not in jail? Why? I mean, even Scooter Libby ended up in jail. Maybe it's because the same thing as the W is not in jail or Cheney or what? I don't know. But if it's if it's that bad, what? Why aren't they in jail? Well, should how come the, none of the should, bankers went in jail? Should the W be in jail? I don't know. You know, I mean, can uh, you imprison somebody for incompetence? Should no. Cheney be in jail? I mean, the guy shot a, another guy, <laughs> almost killed him, and he's not in jail. Well, I mean. The torture, uh, waterboarding, and uh, these wars, it's its really, I'd like to say, yeah, they should be in jail. But like like this whole, the whole housing market, that whole bubble that exploded on us, that happened on his watch. And there were signs and there were people and that had tried to get the FBI to look into it because there was fraud going on and they just turned a blind eye to the whole thing. But the question is, can you be jailed for incompetence? I don't think so. I don't know because, you know, you, you, you get in front of a judge and if you've done something illegal um, and you say, I didn't know, ignorance of the law is no excuse. That's the first thing the judge will say to you. Yes, but I think in these types of cases, you would need intent. Like, he would have to be... Yeah, if it was conspiracy right. or or corruption, yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. But that's the thing. The, the whole the media and all that, just public opinion is trying these these people. And, and none of them have actually said, I, I, I'm going to do this. Like Trump, he actually says shit. Like he wants to bomb people. He says it out loud. Like like uh McCain did. Bomb 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 Moran. <laughs> That's because he's a fucking lunatic. Out of him. I'm yeah. gonna bomb the shit out of him. Yeah, he yeah. asked why hey, this thing about we don't strike first. why do we do that? Can't we strike first? I mean, so the guy is and we'll get to that. <laughs> Let's yeah. get to the Cubs first. Get the, the, the Cubs. Oh yeah, but I, I was just saying that I was arguing with people, and I just I I I'm like I'm on vacation. I don't want to fucking argue about this. I'm drinking. I'm drunk. It's gonna end up in a fight. Like it's a so interesting fight. you said argument because when I talk to people, um, I always consider it a conversation. My wife, on the other hand. When I think it's a conversation, she thinks it's an argument. So I think it's perspective, right? And again, it's how you present yourself and present your argument and <laughs> present your argument, I guess. I don't know, present your idea. And I'm learning. Like and I mentioned this when I was uh 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 what the fuck do they call it? Uh <laughs> Well, it, it, DePaul, it, it, when it I went turns to into an argument when they start going, "Oh, you know, they say shit like um, you're trying to have a discussion, right? And 
when it comes to religion or whatever, they get um they get so defensive that they start becoming insulting. Insulting to you. Yeah, well, they say something stupid like, Oh, come on, give me a break. Really? Oh, you're so fucking stupid. And then that sets me off. And then uh, I got to come back with like, okay, so you believe in talking snakes. Just say you, you don't. And then your whole religion thing goes out the window. And then we get into it. And then it gets heated and elevated. And I want to sock somebody. Well, this is something I'm still working on. <laughs> You're working um, on. <laughs> is that when somebody says something, and I think we're all adults, you know, because I went to this adult education at DePaul, and in class I would say, I completely disagree with that, and here's why. Apparently that turns people off. <laughs> yeah. Well, when they're drunk, I mean, they can't. They they can't. No, these were people sober can't. people. I was oh. in class with adults at DePaul. And I said, I oh, completely disagree with they that. Got upset with and that? here's why. Yes. And they got upset with that. So uh, what I've, I'm still learning because it's, it's a hard habit for me is to say, that is interesting, but I see things from a different perspective. And so that um, immediately, not immediately, but it, it, it's not as abrasive as, well, I completely disagree, <laughs> which is your completely not only just uh from their perspective you're, you're dismissing not only, their their point of view not only their idea you're dismissing them as a human fucking being uh, which if somebody said that to me i wouldn't be dismissed as a human being because i'm i guess i'm confident uh and i would i would think they're dismissing the idea but what i found out is a lot of people when you say you completely disagree they think you're dismissing them yeah. as a human being. So I'm still, I still, uh, I consciously to myself, I say, that's interesting, but I see <laughs> things from a different perspective. <laughs> if I don't consciously think of that response, I still say, I disagree. And here's why. <laughs> so I'm still I, working I on it. Completely, it's well, the way I, you I say did, completely. I got rid of you, completely. You add like six syllables. <laughs> yes, to, but I did get I rid of completely. completely <laughs> it's a phased approach. Disagree. I got rid of completely. So now I. You go. Wait a minute. <laughs> I complete. Come. Complete. Completely disagree. I could That's not a, disagree <laughs> more with what you just said. You idiot. <laughs> but that's that's what you want to say. Like sometimes the stuff that they say is so moronic. It's so hard to to digest it and respect. Here's how I deal with that now. I can't, I have a hard time that to the point where I'm like ah uh, Here's how I deal with it now. And this happened when I was in Europe. I was on this conference call, and this was at work. And somebody started blathering on about work, and they had no idea uh, the history of what they were talking about. Yeah. And I said, hey, I'm sorry. I'm really busy, and I can't listen to this anymore. So I'm leaving. <laughs> and I left. <laughs> And then I get hit up on email and LinkedIn. No, we need you at this meeting. And I'm like, I'm not coming back. 
until that guy is not there anymore. Because <laughs> I'm not listening to that shit. That's a complete waste of my yeah. fucking time. Complete. Complete waste of my time. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, so there's different ways I'm, I'm learning to yeah. deal with this. But what you have to do is not make, try to not make it personal. Try to, and what I thought, uh, by saying I completely disagree, I didn't think that was personal. I thought it, I was talking about the idea, but people take that personally. Yeah, I don't take that personally, but a lot of people do. So I don't either. Yeah, so we have to be more. <laughs> but I get really annoyed with. Uh, I don't get annoyed. I find it. Uh, I, I find was it. Born in America. <laughs> well, yeah. A- after three hours of that, yes, it gets annoying. But initially. I don't get annoyed. I want to know. I want to know how people think. I want to know how they process information. That's almost more interesting to me than what the actual argument is. Yeah. So I want to try to extend this this conversation. And I call it a conversation. My wife calls it an argument. Other people may call it a debate. Who knows? It's all based on perspective. Well, it's okay to call it an argument. I don't, I don't see uh, any issue with that. Well, here's um, the issue, because now I'm labeled as argumentative. So? I don't think I'm argumentative. Am I argumentative? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I still have a lot of work to do, right? Because I don't want to be I don't want to be thought of as argumentative. John and Scott are a bunch of fag enabling fools. <laughs> yeah. All right, John. So, yeah, huge Chicago news. Huge, huge. You know, I and I'm. Oh, one thing about Europe. When I do go there, um, they cover American politics better than the media here in Europe. Oh yeah. So it's CNN World and BBC World is what you watch, and it's it's more in depth coverage and they try to focus on policy and they try to get away from all this other bullshit that's going on. But then the other thing that happened when I was in Europe is, you know, the Cubs are winning and they're, they're getting through the playoffs and they, so they hear a little bit about this, but they have no concept of baseball whatsoever. Right. And it's so hard to explain if you, why do you call it a world series? (laughs) But just the, it's the, only on your side of the world. So think about the Cubs' seventh game, the whole series, and there's one at bat. There's a guy on first, and depending on what this guy does at bat, the game is over, or yeah. it's a walk off win for Cleveland. Yeah, based on one pitch and one at bat, and the the tension and the drama that 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 moment. Um, yeah, I can't think of the word. That that moment brings, but there's no there's no way to explain that to somebody who hasn't grown up with baseball. And right. baseball is such a big part of American culture that we grew up with it. We watch games. We played little league. We we <laughs> played you know pony league, whatever. And so we know the game. But even just knowing the game, as you get older, you you start to understand the subtleties of the game and. And strategy. all these, the strategy, yeah. and it's yeah. like a fucking chess match. And yeah. uh, 
there's no way to convey that to somebody who has no, no. experience with baseball other than to say, look, we haven't won in 108 years, and it's a really big deal, and I really can't tell you why. <laughs> Yeah, when I was a kid, I, like, followed baseball to the point where I wrote, you know, I did the score and everything, and I got into it. And then as I got older, I was like, yeah, I kind of blew it off and thought it was a nice place to have a a beer, you know, and then watch it on TV every once in a while. And the Cubs kind of, you know, they were my first exposure to baseball, the, the actual spectator sport. I, I went and saw two games when I was between the age of 8 and 10. Two two different teams. One game was uh, it was a Cubs game. It was with the Cub Scouts. I met Ernie Banks. Uh, the second team game I went to was the Blackhawks. And there were two completely different experiences for me. The, the baseball one I got a picture, it was signed, I had a mitt, a ball. I was really, it was huge. The, the stadium was insane. Walking into it, the smell was the first time I had Cracker Jack. Uh, it was awesome. And, you know, and hockey too, it was very cool. But I fell asleep at the Hawks game <laughs> on a woman's uh, rabbit fur coat. And, uh, but those are my two favorite teams, that and the Bears, obviously, because I really got into them in the 80s. Um, but the Cubs were always something. Uh, my friend Joe, who was on the show, I couldn't get him to come out of the house if the Cubs were on. One more inning, man. One more inning. You know, Rick Monday was playing back then, and, Ron Say, who was like four feet tall playing third base. And DeJesus. Um, Ivan DeJesus with the giant thighs. It, it was it was it was always a part of my life. And this year, the la- the past couple of years have been really special, especially for my wife who lost her dad in two thousand ten and she's been to every Cubs convention since and met the players and met Theo and and met the family. Uh, I don't. I think she met the Ricketts. I don't know. Um, I don't go to those, but my kids do, and it's a tradition for them. And this became a really fuck yeah. The the subtleties like you were talking about. I brought a German guy to a Cubs game, and I was explaining <laughs> the strikes and balls, and I said, "Okay, if it gets over the plate, there's this imaginary." rectangle that is basically across the numbers and to the knees and the size of the plate that the umpire looks at. And if it goes within that imaginary rectangle, it's a strike. If it's outside, it's a ball. So strikes are good. Balls are bad uh, for the, the, the team that's playing defense. It's good for the team that's playing offense because they get a base for free you know, if there's four balls and then they fucking intentionally walk a guy <laughs> and I got to explain the strategy behind that. Well, Although, that's, that's the challenge. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Right. And, and I got to say, you, you met this guy. His name's Heinz. We, yeah. we met in uh, Amsterdam, in Amsterdam together. 
He went home. So we we watched the game. I think it was a Thursday. We worked Friday. He went to his hotel and he watched every fucking baseball game he could get his hands on Saturday and Sunday. He watched in the bar. He watched in the hotel. He asked questions. He came Monday morning and he said, I love baseball. He goes, I understand the game now. I really am into it. I love it. And he bought himself a big picture to take home to his daughter, framed of Wrigley, Wrigley's Field, he called it, Wrigley's, Wrigley's Field. So he brought that home. So that, that was, and he loved it so much that when we uh, did our big SAP project and we were done with it, our president of our company bought everybody a Cubs jersey. Nice. Um, and we took a picture with the whole integration team in Menden, Germany, with these Cubs jerseys on, which is which is a great memory. So the Cubs are a world. Has he ever been to a game? Yeah, I did. I told you I took him to a game. Which one? A, a Cubs game. Cubs game. And then, after you were explaining at the Cubs game, then he watched everything. Then he watched a bunch of games while he was at his hotel Has he been room. back since, or no? Um, to a Cubs game. I don't think so. Well, that's cool that, that you took him to a Cubs but game. But i got to and... write to him and see if he, if he checked it out, because he's part of history, in a way. Well, here's the thing, and you said you can explain it, and we can explain it to people. And sometimes it's hard to explain, you know, yeah, the strategy and everything, but you can explain it. But they don't; they're not going to understand the the depth of it and the strategy of it unless they watch it all the time, or they play. You got to play, or you play a little it. bit. Yeah, play it or watch it. And so we're, I think, we're fortunate because we it, it was part of our culture. We grew up with it, and we both we both played, and so we understand there's a certain understanding that you can only get through years of fucking experience to be able to then watch a seventh game of the world series that the Cubs are in and be on the edge of your fucking seat. Especially. I didn't even sit down. I was, I stood up the last uh... four innings or whatever it was. (laughs) Especially when Madden pulls Hendricks. Oh, I I went out of my mind. He threw a strike and he pulls him. And it was a strike. Yes, it was. A, it was a pitch strike called for a ball. It would walk the batter. He had his command. It was his game to lose, if if anything. <laughs> and he pulled them. And I'm like, what? well, and I thought he pulled Lester too early. But yeah. So I'm 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 watching this, and I'm obviously having these emotional things. Like I wasn't talking, but. My body language, and yeah. so my son, who really isn't, um, he hasn't played baseball a lot. We've played catch, but he hasn't really played other than gym class. And he's wondering why I'm getting so upset. And yeah, like like we said before, we can explain it, but it they really won't understand until they have this experience, until they have right. Um, you gotta have a it's it's like an emotional connection, as well as a 
It's it's emotional, understanding. But, and a, but it's also an understanding. Yeah, an understanding of of the strategy and of how the game is played, and and yeah. So you know, they're like, why? What? How do you explain the squeeze play and sacrifice fly and and infield fly rule? And it's just, oh. and there is a lot of strategy behind it, choking up and trying to hit opposite field. And, Putting a different pitcher in because this batter's a lefty, or the batter's a switch hitter, and he hits better lefty than he does righty, but he has to hit off of a lefty pitcher lefty. So you put in a righty pitcher, so he he's forced to bat righty. <laughs> it's crazy. And then Davis hitting the bomb, the three-run homer. And it ties it up. I'm like, we have this in the bag. And I should have known better because, you know, in baseball, like you said, that one walk-off homer and it's done. The game's over. Well, so I, I'm i watching it, and uh, that last guy came to bat who ended up grounding out to um, Bryant. And I, when he came up and you looked in his eyes, you knew – as long as he didn't hit it to Baez, the game was going to be over. Yeah. Because the guy was shitting in his pants. Yeah. He didn't want to be there. He no. felt the pressure. And he just came, he just replaced somebody. Yeah. So this was his first at bat. And I said, this is in the bag as long as he doesn't hit it to Baez. Because Baez had two errors. Yeah. I mean, he was. And so there's all that stuff. In this one at bat, and then the well, pitch by pitch. How about the wild pitch to from Lester oh, to off David Ross, and, and then two the one that scored. hit him off the face? Uh, yeah, oh, it's like no. Well, that was right after he pulled Hendricks. Yeah, and I, and I was like, oh, gee, what the fuck him is in the going head on? And then he trips. What? I thought, oh no. But what, what is going on? Well, now, but you think about it from um, a physics perspective. Whatever you say about Joe Madden, he made the right decision because the Cubs won the World Series. Yeah. If he left Hendricks in and Hendricks pitched another great five innings or whatever, who knows what would have happened when they did pull Hendricks. Cleveland could have scored 11 yeah. runs and we wouldn't have won the game. Yeah. We. The Cubs wouldn't have won the game. <laughs> uh, so it, when that – I was in shock when – Bryant picked the ball up. He threw it to Rizzo. Rizzo caught the ball the, before the guy touched the base for yeah. the last out. I was stunned. I was in shock. I'd had no emotion one way or the other. It took me right? like a minute just to even comprehend what just happened. The Cubs just won the fucking World Series straight up, man. Straight up against a kick-ass team. Against some kick-ass pitching and some pretty good at bats, but I knew the Cubs were hot because the day before, uh, when they went down the roster and they were showing the the at bats, there was like five Cubs that were two for three, and there was only like three on Cleveland that were like two or two for three, and one was three for three. So I'm like, oh, the, the Cubs. The fucking hotter than shit. Plus, they got Schwarber, who comes off of uh, injured 
reserve, reserve or whatever you call it. To play to DH, and he's hitting the ball everywhere. Like, how did. Well, you can see he why. He hasn't played like all, all year. Well, but, but there's certain guys that, like, Schwarber and to me, uh, was Bryant, was he the MVP this year for the league, National League? Or did they announce uh, that yet? I don't know. Because Bryant, I was so impressed with him. And I, I, I've seen a couple of Cubs games, but in the World Series, I watched all the games. And what I was so impressed with, the guy would go down 0-2, and he had the discipline to uh, not swing at yeah, shit. Yeah, t- take and, his pitches. And take it to a full count and sometimes get the walk. Yeah. Or sometimes put him in a self in a, in a position to get a hit. Where on on the opposite end of the spectrum, you got this Baez guy who was just oh. swinging at the shittiest <laughs> yeah. stuff I've ever seen. But then, I don't think they'd even pitch the ball yet, and he was swinging right. Well, he'd always take the first strike every, and time. then he would swing at shit. Uh, but uh, who's the other guy who was injured? What's his name? Um, Hayward. Schwarber. Oh, Schwarber. Schwarber yeah, the, the guys like Bryant. In uh, Schwarber, you can tell they're so f- they're naturals at yeah. the plate. They're naturals. And Zobrist and Zobrist always those guys, gets on. Um, if, if they don't get on, they're going to make it difficult for the pitcher. Yeah. In most cases, they're going to extend the count. They're going to make the pitcher really work to get them out. Uh, and it, it's I had so much confidence when those guys walked to the plate, as opposed to a um, uh, whatever Baez. Yeah. Uh, but then they surprise you every once in a while. Bias hits a home run. Yeah, I, that that's the thing about that kid. Like, right when you need him to start something, I kept waiting for Hayward. Yeah. Every time Hayward came up, come on Hayward, earn that hundred eighty million. And the guy was fucking outstanding in the field. Yeah, but eh. Hayward, you blow me. <laughs> But apparently, during that rain delay in the seventh game, yeah. Hayward was the guy who rallied everybody. They regrouped. They regrouped around Hayward. So, you, uh, how, how do you put a price tag on that? Right? Yeah. You know, I the have, guy deserves his hundred eighty million. So we we watched the game too. Uh, we we're trying to figure out we we're going to go to a bar and watch the game with the kids. And everything was packed. There was no getting in anywhere. So my wife's like, you know what? We should just watch it at home with the kids anyway. This is going to be historic either way. Uh, so it was just like the five or six of us. By the time the night was over, there was 15 people in my house. 15? People I didn't know. People were just showing <laughs> up. How did they show up? Now, hold I, on. Let's They're digress. Friends of friends. So game six, it was a nice night out. Yeah. And you got this nice setup on the back yeah. deck where you have this. How big is that screen? That's about 100 inches. 100, 108, 108 yeah. inches. You get yeah. the reference there, John? Yeah. And then uh, you got this projector. So I on game six, I rode my bike over, and we watched the last three innings. Oh, yeah, right. You, you got to see that. I got to see it. It was fucking Pretty fantastic. Nice, but the the seventh game, it was raining, right? It was it, raining. We couldn't do it out. Couldn't there. do it outside. Uh, but that was spectacular. That was fucking fantastic. Watching it outside. Yeah, you got the fire going, and yeah. and you got the the space and the the it, big screen. It was a fluke, actually. So how that all came about was, I I saw a projector online for like a hundred and fifty bucks, and I had seen all these. Uh, videos 
on Facebook, uh, these ads called Atmosphere Effects. And it's for making it look like zombies are in your house. And you project on your window using like a, a shower curtain liner. And it's like a rear projection TV on your window. So I said to my wife, I'm like, let's get one of these and we'll use it too in the back and we'll we'll project it on the garage or something to watch the Hawks or maybe the Cubs or something. So one night, uh, I said, screw it, let's try it out outside. So I hooked it up and we just put like a big tablecloth on the window in the backyard and it, it looked pretty nice. It wasn't that great. It wasn't HD or anything, but it was still, you know, adequate. But you had to aim it directly at it, and you kind of you had to look around it because it was right in the dead center of, of your viewing point point of view. Um, so somehow I conned my wife into buying a more expensive one at Apt because she was going over there to buy a dishwasher for her work. Dishwasher. And I said, hey. There's one on uh, at Apt. Uh, here's how much it costs. See if you can get it fifty bucks cheaper. She's like, "Come on!" I go, "Look, I got all this money that I made off of these gigs. I, I haven't spent it on anything. Just get the thing, and we'll we'll see how it works. We'll figure it out." And then I ordered at the same time. I ordered a uh, a screen. So the thing came. Uh, the first night we set it up and we found out we could set it to one side and shoot the picture on an angle. So that prompted me to get a screen. And I, when I was in Denver and I came back, the screen was at the house and it was almost touching our ceiling standing up on its side. I'm like, oh, shit, this thing's huge. So huge. we hooked it up and it turns out the picture is even way better. It's fantastic. With that screen. And and the screen sits in the shed. I take it out. I put it on the hooks, pull it down, set the projector up. I ran a cable from outside, cable TV from outside, along the side of the deck, plugs it right in, boom, we're watching it. And uh, that's how that came about. It was just on a whim. And, on a whim. And now it's like, okay, what movies are we going to watch out there? We're going to do drive-in theater night. We're going to do, uh, you know, the Hawks. It's fantastic. Are probably going to be in the playoffs. All right, so getting back to the original story, game seven, oh, you can't watch yeah, outside. you can't watch it outside. You're inside. But still, you have 15 people at your house? How yeah. does that happen? Like, I can well, see if it was outside, it people would out, see and they'd, they'd come over. It started out my wife and kids, and then her friend's uh, two kids came over, and then his... One of their, uh, one of the friends' girlfriends came over, and then another couple of friends came over, and then their son showed up, who is a groundskeeper at Wrigley. Um, he shows up and he calls a friend, and his tells him where we live, and then that guy shows up, and then Dawn or uh, some her boyfriend or whatever shows up, and then. Uh, Shit, I can't remember who else showed up. But are there up texts like, that are going out that yeah, say come te- over? And- yeah, there's phone calls and te- oh, cousin Dan shows up. Uh, so yeah, it was just like, what are you guys doing? We're at the house. Come on over at the you know, kind of like a duvo thing. Cruise over, cruise over. So that's how that all went down. 
I have audio, actually video, but I could play the audio of the last out. In your house? Yeah. I put it on my phone. I took Let's my hear phone. That. Cubs win, John. Cubs win. Cubs win. This was the last out. Are you ready? I'm ready. Uh oh. Going uh -oh. on here. Uh oh. Not playing. Uh oh. Ah. Gotta turn it up. Try that again. Let's try it again. Here we go, Scott. Here we go. Oh. Oh, that's my wife. But did it sound like 10,000 people in my house? It did, yeah. For a second? For longer than that. That's it, come on. Nice and easy. It's crazy, right? Oh, it is yeah, crazy. and then there were some neighbors that were over, too, that came over. I had the complete opposite reaction when the Cubs won. I was like, I was all amped up and I was very animated, stunned about these decisions that were being made. You're like, oh my god, what? what I was, was that? very argumentative with the TV. <laughs> and when they won, were I you was at home? Completely silent. Yes. Did Did you cry at all? No, not at all. I did. I didn't that day, but the next day. I was not next day, the Friday, last Friday, um, my wife and kids and a bunch of people went down for the parade. I couldn't go. I had a doctor's appointment. So I'm sitting there and I'm watching them play all these memories and shit. And they play this fucking commercial, Budweiser commercial with Harry Carey. Mm -hmm. And it just hits me like a ton of bricks, man. And I just start weeping. Like a, like a baby. <laughs> really? Tears and everything? Yeah, yeah. Blubbering? Yeah, I was blubbering. Really? <laughs> I was by myself. Wow, that's cool. So, and it was, I don't know what it was. Maybe the Harry Carey thing. Um, So we did a lot of celebrating this weekend. We ended up, uh, so uh, Thursday night we went to Harry Carey's. And spent a shitload of money. Oh, I got a story. Uh, I didn't tell you when I was in Denver, um, they started playing the World Series while I was there. So two of the games were in Cleveland. Game they two, they won five games, to one. Yeah. Right? So the first night we went out to eat somewhere, and that's the night that the homeless guy fell off the curb and we helped him up and everything. Um, the second night, the group wanted to go out for dinner, steaks or something. I said, no, I'm not going. 
I brought my Cubs gear. I had a jersey. I had my beads. I had my hat. I'm going to the yard house. I'm sitting at the bar. I'm going to eat some egg rolls, and I'm going to drink Manhattans and watch the game. So I'm watching the game, and, you know, it's 5,000 feet elevation in Denver. It's The air's pretty thin for me. And a couple of guys that were there, um, they decided not to go to dinner. They went to a brewery, and they didn't get served, so they ended up coming back to the art house and said, hey, join us. So I came over there and sat with them. And the other guy was an Indians fan because he's from Ohio. So it's kind of this cool moment of he was really into baseball. I'm not like super huge baseball fan, but you know, it brought me back to when I was, when I was younger. And um <clears throat> um I starting to really get into it again. So it's kind of cool talking about it and the history of the Cleveland Indians not winning since nineteen forty eight, I think it is. And the Cubs, 108-year drought. And it, what a great bunch of two teams. I said, well, at least they're not playing the Canadians. <laughs> That's what I was happy about. But uh, I ended up drinking like four or five Manhattans. And I was fucking blasted, dude. Blasted. And I had to walk like a quarter mile to my room because it you was. You don't just, like to walk anywhere, I dude. I don't like to walk. No. Especially when I'm drunk. <laughs> I kid you not. I got a picture on my phone that I took while I was blasted of my hallway. I had these three long hallways. I'll show it to you. It reminded me of The Shining, so I, I sent it to my wife, a picture of my hallway, and then the picture of the scene from The Shining where the red rum kid is riding a tricycle and the two twins are at the very end of the... What is it, the carpeting that's similar? It, it's the, the hallway, the way the hallway? it narrows down, and it's he's he's riding, pedaling that fucking tricycle for like a half hour try, <laughs> trying to get to him. That's what I felt like walking. <laughs> down this hallway and I got to my room I could not sleep man my heart was racing I had the spins and I had to spend the whole day sitting in a uh whatever uh conference oh, that's the worst Ugh, it is Ugh. but I was so fucking pumped because they split it so now they're zero zero they're going to Wrigley, they got the advantage. And then they go down three to one, and John. And then they go down three to one, and, and it ruins everything. Ruins it. Yeah. And my expectations were like, okay, if they win at least game five, at least they're not getting, they're not losing the. Uh, at home. At home. They're not yeah. losing at home, which which would be fine with me. It's historical they made it this far. I'm just so excited they're in the World Series. And then they fucking win the whole thing, dude. They they win three in a row. And that last game, it was a it was a great it was ups and downs. It was a great game. There was good strategy, there was dumb errors, <laughs> there were everything was in that game. <laughs> When that ball went off of David Ross's head. And then he stumbled. Skull and he fell over. I was uh, like, oh, no. 
Like, what the fuck? Here it goes. Here it is. The curse. <laughs> right? That's what Joe said. We were talking about it on the phone yesterday. He goes, yeah, the curse. See? I, I said it. I was like, oh. When Madden got too cute and pulled out Hendrix. Oh. And then all of that. The errors. Oh. Well, when they tied it up and just the fact that the Cubs, even if they scored, they couldn't win the game. Um. Only Cleveland, it being batting in the bottom, could win or lose yeah, the game. Yeah, right. Um, it becomes the entire. It's a. It's full on defense. Is all it is. Yeah. And yeah, exactly that. And it's tied up, and only Cleveland can win the game. And defense will just keep pushing it to the next inning until the Cubs put some numbers on the board, and that's just what they did after the rain delay. Yeah. And I thought the rain delay was just going to make it worse. They were going to get cold. Um, it was going to be four in the morning by the time they start playing again. I was happy for the rain delay because it gave me a chance to calm the to fuck regroup. down. <laughs> yeah, to regroup. <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was awesome. And I was even thinking, what if it rains like all night and they have to cancel and play again tomorrow and how that changes strategy and what they would do. And I'm glad it finished that night. Yeah. And I'm glad I'm so fucking happy. The Cubs, I was stunned. I was stunned. You know, I'm sitting there during the whole world series going, I, I can't wait till this is over. I mean, I can't take this anymore, but today I'm like, Oh, I wish they were still playing. Well, Nick was saying the same thing. He's like, I'm baseballed out. I can't watch baseball for like three years. I mean, that was yeah. too much baseball yeah. and it was too intense. And <laughs> I'm, I'm baseballed out. I'm baseballed it's out, guys. Much. I'm going to go to Doc's and then do a pump crawl about 45 miles. I'm not miles. going to invite you. I'm just going yeah, to take pictures take after pictures the fact. Say, Here's my Here's my Doc's. <laughs> You at, faggots. We're at Wendy's now, you faggots. <laughs> we're at Lindy's. Now we're back at Docks. Hey, uh, you're not going to be able to make the Hawks game, though. Hawks game Friday. No. In the suite. I don't know. I could. I just can't justify 200 bucks. Right. I don't know. And then I got to deal with Karali talking about wait. Trump. I can't wait. I'm going to wear my hat. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. You're going to be his pal, though. You're going to puss out. <laughs> well, I'm not going to puss out, dude. He'll kick you out he of there, dude. He will kick me out. He will kick you out. My daughter, uh, one of her friends at Loyola, uh, invited her to the game, and uh, they have seats, like, right on the glass. So if he does kick me out, I'll just hang out with my daughter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, I think we told this story on the podcast before, but we were out somewhere at uh, Bar Louie or something, Louis. and we ran into Pete Corrales, yeah. and we started talking about the election. He and had, uh, he, had, I went over there to fucking yell at him because he unfriended me on Facebook. I went to Catholic school with that kid, man, and he unfriended brother. you because he didn't like what you were posting yeah, about Trump because I was anti-Trump, and uh, and this was a while ago. Yeah. This was like six months ago. It was in the I'm summer. I'm like, hey, dude, you fucking unfriended me. He's like, yeah, that's right, I did. <laughs> Fucker. <laughs> fucking Hillary Clinton lover. I'm like, I never said that. I just don't like Trump. Well, 
Here's what I asked him. Um, Trump has these hats that says make America great again. And I asked him, tell me when America was great. What time do we want to go back to? And he couldn't answer my question. But I kept asking him. And then he got pissed off. And then he's like, are you supporting Hillary? That's it. You're not coming back to the skybox. I'm not going to invite you. And I'm like, hey, I didn't say that. I'm just asking you. And here's the argumentative um, asshole in me, I guess, that other people perceive. (laughs) But to me, it's just a discussion. I just want to know, when was America great? And he couldn't answer my question, so he turned it around. And I said, look, I I don't know who I'm voting for. Um, And that got me invited back. Yeah. Like, he he disowned me. Like, he, uh, what did he do to you? He unfriended me. He unfriended you on Facebook. Um, he uninvited me, but then by the end of the evening, he said, you're not uninvited. You can come. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm going on Friday, dude. I'm going. Wait till you tell who you voted for. You're out. (laughs) If you need a ride, let me know. I'll pick you up. No, I'll be fine, dude. I'll be fine. (laughs) Uh, but that's going to be exciting. And you know what? I was thinking a lot about this and I I've asked a lot of people who, who support Trump. What do you mean? Make America great again. When? When was America great? Tell me when you want to go back to. And nobody can answer the question. But I can answer the question. How about that, John? Yeah. I thought about this a lot, and here's the answer. Here's my answer anyway. Um, My grandfather, Cubs fan, and he's the one who got me into the Cubs. Um, He went to the war, and he came back, and he worked at a lumber yard. So equivalent to working at Home Depot. He worked at a lumber yard for 50 years after he got back from the war. And he raised a family of four and me because I was kind of a surprise um, <laughs> on a salary like his. My grandmother was a stay at home wife. What do you call that? Housemaker yeah. Yeah. or whatever. Housewife. Housewife. Uh, and it they made it. On his salary at a lumberyard. Yeah. You can't do that today. No. That's not possible. No. You can't have a job at Home Depot and support a family of four and um, make that happen. And that's, to me, I think that's what they mean by make America great again. Yeah. Uh, But you're not going to be able to do that. No. By I, the policies that Trump wants to employ. And and I argue with this guy. I argued with him all summer about Trump, and he would say, he would keep going back to tell that to Carrier and Nabisco, jobs exported to, uh, to Mexico. And I'm like, dude, that shit would happen anyway. Um, the only reason they didn't, back then is because it just wasn't cost effective. Transportation wasn't cheap. Automation wasn't like happening not like it is now. There's There were no efficiencies back then. So all the manufacturing was done close. You know, everything was small stores. There was all mom and pops. There was none of these if you went to a man, remember in the seventies going to Randhurst was like the shit, or when Woodfield was built. 
Still is, dude. It, it's the like shit, man. Well, I mean, it was a trip. You went there with your family. It was like a big fucking deal. Going out to dinner was a big fucking deal. Not like now. You do it all the time. Um, and There were only a handful of department stores, but now it's all these Best Buy and these giant Walmart. Yeah, big box chains and stuff. And we're arguing about bringing manufacturing back to the U.S. And I'm like, there is manufacturing in the U.S. There aren't enough skilled labor. There's not enough skilled people. They need to go to vocational school to learn how to weld and shit like that to build bridges like our, you know, parents did, our grandfather. Like your grandfather worked in a lumber yard. He probably had to work some heavy machinery, some tools, some uh, uh, saws or something like that, planers. There's people that, there's jobs out there where they, they don't have anybody to do them because... They're either unskilled or they have the wrong skills. They're in f- going to college for forestry or accounting or business administration or art to get a degree. Yet there's these f- hundreds of thousands of jobs in the U.S. that can't be filled because they don't have the skilled labor. Or they don't have the people interested in acquiring the skills. Yeah, it's a it's a kind of it's a different paradigm, but it's kind of the same. Um, so moving these jobs, yeah, manufacturing to Nabisco and uh, to Nabisco and Carrier down to Mexico, shit like that was happening anyway. NAFTA had nothing to do with it. It was happening anyway, and those jobs they still didn't want to pay them a decent living salary. So like you said, he lived in a he worked in a lumber yard. He raised a family of four plus a half of one being you, uh, with a stay at home mom, and you know, housewife, homemaker. But that can't that that American that dream is gone. And you gotta understand back then there was no credit cards either. Right. If you wanted a loan, you had to put up collateral for a car. Or a house, and interest rates were ridiculous back then. And the first thing you did was pay off that house because you didn't want that debt, and you paid cash for everything. Credit has kind of fucked everything up. Right. Everybody's over leveraged. So there's two things. The credit, how credit is is distributed now, and uh, this is a global economy. Yeah. There's no turning back from that. No. You cannot Got to figure out how to do it. And figure out how to do it and figure out how to do it well. Uh, but to to just say that you're going to bring these jobs back to the U.S. And, and John, like you said, there's there's not enough skilled people to, to even do these jobs in the U.S. Uh, it's just not, I don't see how it's feasible. But again, it goes back to the, the people that, in my opinion, the people that support Trump, they're so discouraged by this this the same old shit yeah and their american dream or or make america great again uh the idea of of working at one place for a long time and being able to raise your family doing a job and doing it well 
is no longer um, kind of feasible from a middle class perspective. Yeah. And it's discouraging. And the, our taxes keep going up. Our property taxes keep going up. Uh, for what? For the military industrial complex. Right. For corruption, which is part of this culture, which is uh, sickening to me. And people get so discouraged that, yes, I, wanna, I want Trump in the office cause, because he's going to make change. It'll be change, all right. But it's not going to benefit right. any of us. None of us. Yeah, the minimum wage has to go up. Health care has to be done right. The way it is now is stupid. Uh, we don't need any more wars. We don't need to be bombing people, brown people all over the place. I understand the whole thing about being so nervous about bringing people into the country the stupid Skittles analysis, if I fucking hear that thing again. I've never heard show. that. What is the Skittles the analysis? The Skittles analysis is is, uh, is basically comparing uh, Syrian refugees to a bowl of Skittles. If you knew that one single Skittle could poison your family, um, would you give them, would you let them eat any of the Skittles? <laughs> it's a, it's saying, you know, there's one terrorist right. among a, a million. So, and and somebody said, well, if I thought that eating those Skittles, each Skittle represented a life I was saving, yeah, sure, why not? I'd fucking eat the Skittles. I'd pass them out. And like, hey, have some Skittles because you're saving a life. One of you might die eating these Skittles, but... The chance that you're taking is that you're going to save a bunch of lives. Who who gets that opportunity? I mean, I'd like to be responsible for saving some lives. I've done some charity work like Feed the Starving Children and shit like that and played Santa Claus. If it makes you feel good. It makes you feel like you're part of society. You're You're making people feel better. I like... Uh, just helping that poor guy out that wiped out on his scooter in Denver was a good feeling. We all, the group of us really, I could see that we all cared about this guy who the cop said, he does this every night. He, he misjudges the curb and he goes over. Don't worry. He's fine. But we all sincerely were worried that he cracked his skull on the cement. Will you be okay? Uh, you know, that's what we do. That's what you do in a cooperative society. You help each other out. You give each other a leg up. It's this trickle-down idea of making rich people richer because they'll have more money to pay you is 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 a lie. That's a fucking sham. And the it's evidence is in. It's the evidence is in. Yeah, totally. I mean, that was Reagan's idea, yeah. and it doesn't fucking work. They don't. Uh, if you give more money to rich people, they don't spread the wealth. No, they, they keep, keep it for it. themselves. <laughs> I mean, how hard is that to comprehend? So, yeah, you know, I mean, I read a story about, so uh, today about Trump, and he wants it both ways. He's telling everybody that if he... You want a family and a career, but most of the time is that me? you feel like you're trying to wrangle a hurricane. The rest of the time. I don't know. I don't think it's me. Day, HR schedules a meeting with you out of the blue, and it's the worst 19 minutes of your career. It ain't me, dude. It, 
because you and your advisor I'm not even plugged in. <laughs> and when the best offer means you're moving to the- Fucking A. The hell was that, man? I don't know. Producer of the year. Get your shit together, man. I don't know. I opened a web page. Um, hey. He wants it both ways. He wants to... He says the healthcare is a disaster. He would do it better. He said... Uh, so he's he, he's going to fix it so no more jobs go to China or Mexico. So he's going to tax the fuck out of them. And, you know create a tr- huge trade war. Um, he's going to um, build all the roads and bridges because the government's fucked it all up and it's a disaster. He's going to do it right because he knows about rebuilding infrastructure. But at the same time, he's going to cut taxes. So you know what his plan is to, to help build infrastructure? What's that, John? He's going to privatize roads and bridges. Oh, and we know how that works out. Yeah. Look <laughs> at what happened to the prisons. Well, look what happened to this goddamn 390, the Elgin O'Hare, the most expensive mile, two fucking tolls. It's like $2 in tolls to drive a mile on this every day. I got to drive on it. I well, try that- to take side streets. So so basically the incentive would be you get a bunch of investors, they put all their money into these bridges and these roads, and how they get paid back is from the tolls that people have to pay forever. So it's not they just don't not that they just get paid back, but now they actually own interest in that road and and those bridges. Now, granted, they might keep them completely repaired and always in good shape, which I fucking doubt. They'll find a way to get around it, or they'll sell insurance on it, or they'll wrap it up in a CDO or a CDS or some sort of uh, whatever, some sort of way to, to get out of fixing whatever fucking goes wrong with it. Um. But it's just another way to tax people. <laughs> so if you're not going to tax them one way through the government and have the and elect people and try to purge the shit out of government like we should be doing, really looking at the people that we're voting for and purge the garbage out and bring in the people that really care about doing a good job, like Bernie Sanders, um, if you don't do that, then this is what you get. It's your own fault. It's your own fault. You created this mess, and this is what you get. But if you go and you privatize it and you say, yeah, we're going to give it to the private sector and we're going to let them um, take care of of the bridges and the roads. Well, look how that worked for a company like BP with the, the Blackwater Horizon explosion where 11 people died and Oil was spilling out into the ocean for I don't know how many weeks that happened or months. Um, they don't do a good job either. <laughs> right. The and- government is the best we have in a cooperative society. Well, in cooperative, you're not going to get that from Donald Trump. No. Not at all. And uh, I don't see how we can get anything done if he is president. Um. But that's his plan. His plan is, hey, we're going to give these huge tax cuts, and I'm going to build this fucking kick-ass infrastructure the same way I build buildings. I get some other chump. 
and then I to don't pay, pay for them. it. Yeah, and I then don't. They bill me for it, and I don't pay for I it. I don't pay for it, but he will pay for it. He'll he'll make the American people pay for it by tolling those those bridges and roads, and those people will get that money forever. And then he won't do anything to make sure that those infrastructures are maintained as part of the the contract because they'll weasel their way out of it somehow, just like he fucking does. Yeah, even, you know, just you're telling that story. I don't think he's that smart to even that level of comprehension. I don't even think he gets that. He's he has this way of doing business and it's um, like he hasn't paid taxes in 18 years. And that's because he invested in a casino and he threw all his debt in this casino. And the guy he invested with said, hey, I'm having an issue with this. So he bought that guy out, threw all his debt in this casino, and then went bankrupt on a casino. Who loses money on a fucking casino? It's like printing goddamn money. But he goes bankrupt on it so then he can claim 18 years that he doesn't have to pay taxes. Well, he had investors. So here's what he Here's what he did, which is is something they stopped. And, and he, he made this comment that he's a genius. In a way, he's just kind of a, he is kind of a genius, but he's a bully genius. He's one that he knows that he has a fiduciary responsibility to pay back the investors that invested in the casino, the banks that he borrowed money from. So he's got to give them something. So he has to go bankrupt in order to do that so they could sell off assets or whatever and pay these guys off. But when you go bankrupt, you are basically saying that you you took that money. So when you go bankrupt for $918 million, almost a billion dollars, it's like you made that money. So you don't get to write it off. You still have to pay tax on it. He double-dipped. He basically took investors' money plus his own money, and then he called all of it a loss. And then he is able to parlay that into a a loss to the point where he doesn't have to pay any income tax, his own income tax, for, the, for like 18 years. Right. So he like double-dipped on it, and... They were arguing with Giuliani about it, who can't wait to become attorney general if Trump gets elected. And uh, he's the one who said Trump's a genius for not paying taxes. I mean, here's a guy who slammed Romney for not releasing his taxes, and then he won't release his own taxes. Because what we're going to find out is what kind of a fucking crook the guy is how he's been dodging paying taxes for years, probably how he's been dealing with the Russians and taking money from them, and the fact that he's probably really not that rich. And don't forget this, John. He wants to fuck his own daughter. (laughs) So you got those two things, and this is... Well, here's the thing about this whole election, uh, and we'll get to Hillary in a bit, but for me, what it does is it kind of normalizes rudeness, out-and-out bigotry, and stupidity. It normalizes it. So now, um, who knows what it's going to do to the younger generation. This is the president of the fucking United States. That's a big fucking deal. And this guy's a lunatic. And if he gets elected, holy shit. 
How is that that's going to change culture? I remember um, Clinton got a blowjob in the oral office, and then all of a sudden, blowjobs were the 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 deal. Everybody was getting blowjobs. Yeah, you and I, we never got blowjobs. No, until after we were too old, and then Clinton gets in office, blowjob, and everybody's getting blowjobs. Blowjobs on the school bus, blowjobs uh, behind the backstop at school. Uh, because of this this whole thing that that I don't even understand really, but you have Trump and it, it normalizes rudeness, bigotry, open, <laughs> outright bigotry and stupidity. Yeah. Because hey, that guy's running for president. If he can do it, it's okay. Yeah. I can do it. That's what's frightening to me. What's the next election going to be like? Uh, what are the candidates are we going to see in the next election? You know, I get. You would the, think they can't be any worse. I, I get the populist anger of not wanting any more of that shit in office, and Trump totally could have won by a landslide. But there's no way the guy can stay off of Twitter. They had to take his account away. Yeah, because he's a he's a fucking lunatic. Yeah, he's a lunatic. He's so fucking thin skinned. Obama said, "Hey, they took his Twitter account away. This is somebody you don't want as president because he's going to have access to nuclear codes, right? Yeah, tweet, and if you, a tweet if you might set him off. If you can't handle a fucking Twitter account, how could you handle the nuclear codes? How could you handle a daily CIA briefing?" Duh. Well, if he does get in, it will be interesting as fuck. Uh, but <laughs> it, it's not going to be good. It is not going to be good. So people are are bought. They're they're so they hate the current uh, establishment, and they want to get rid of it so bad that they're going to put this guy in office. But he's not going to do anything for them. Nothing. He's going to do it for himself and his family. Yeah. All right. Now, Hillary, on on her end, that private fucking server, I mean, come on. You got to know better than that. And the classified information, and she was printing, having her maid print shit out. So if I want to get classified stuff, I don't have to be a... a uh, a CIA or a Russian mole yeah. that's been here for 50 years and working my way up in the government to try to get a secret. All I have to do is apply for Hillary Clinton's goddamn maid job. Yeah. And I can print out classified information. I mean, that's a serious fucking issue and lack of judgment. Sure it is. But let, let's be clear on a, two things. One, we don't know what they de- determine as classified for one. Like, they bought a toilet from, for example, at this conference I was at, there was a company called Raytheon, and they make they make really good bombs for the government, right? They have a sec, so they have what's called EHS managers, environmental health safety managers that have to go around and make sure everything is OSHA compliant so people aren't getting hurt, killed on the job. And they have places where it's black ops. There's nobody allowed to go in there. No, OSHA can't go in there. Nobody can go in there. It's top secret. 
Now, that's different, top secret, than classified. Classified could be, for instance, Comey said that the email, like 100 of the emails were not classified at the time, but later on could be deemed classified. Now, I'm not, I'm not excusing the fact that somebody's being lazy and they just don't want to deal with the .gov and their slow servers or whatever their reason is behind it. I don't know what the reason is behind it, but what I could tell you is I'm pretty sure she's getting off for a couple of reasons. One, because when they start looking through all the classified stuff, is it really that classified? Two, was she intentionally trying to pass off classified information to other governments and that would be treason. Um, and three, how many other politicians have done exactly the same thing? Colin Powell even has, there's an email floating around that he says. That's an invalid hey, argument. What's that? How many others have done it? Well, it's, it's invalid. Unless it sets precedent. It does set precedent because... What'll happen is it's an opening of a can of worms to say, like, for example, when there was a court order to turn over millions, like a, a hundreds of thousands, I think it was millions of emails that where the RNC was using their own private server. They were funneling all the emails through a private server on the RNC uh, for all of Bush's people, and there was a court order to turn over those emails um, Third Blossom went and had them all deleted. They wiped the servers. Um, during the the Bridgegate with um, uh, what's his name, Chris Christie, same thing. Deleted everything, gone. Well, here's the I'm question: I'm not saying I it's legal. I'm just saying I'm not saying it's right. What I'm saying is that you would have to. You can't just, like, go after one of them. You have to go after everybody. And they're not, and those people that are probably in those emails are like, hey, man, let's let this pass because my name is on a couple of these emails. I'm going to get subpoenaed. I'm going to lose my Senate seat or whatever. It's it's a whole list of corruption. It's a whole pile of it. Right. And the bottom line is, yeah, Hillary could come out and say, hey, look, I did everything I was supposed to do. Yes, it was stupid. I'm sorry. But every time it does come up and she's inconvenienced by it and Comey, I don't know what he was thinking, sending this stupid letter that he sent to the Justice Department. But and if he was politicizing it, it could be against what they call the Hatch Act, which means that he can't use his position of office to sway the outcome of an election. So what you're referring to is they did their investigation on Hillary. They didn't yeah. find anything, but then they opened another investigation on Anthony Weiner. Yes. And they found a bunch of Clinton emails right. on Weiner's server. And they said, oh, we found some new emails. Uh, so we're going to open our investigation back up to Clinton. Yeah. But they didn't. Uh, they just made that statement. They had no evidence no. one way or the other. And it turns out that all these things were duplicate emails of stuff they had already reviewed. 
But by releasing that statement, it became yeah. very politicized. And is that the right word? Politicized? Yeah, it was. And yeah. uh, that's the issue. Uh, a week before the election, releasing this this information without the full picture of what was going on. But here's an interesting point to that. It is an issue, it is an issue and it, it's not necessarily Comey's fault because, okay, the timing sucks and maybe he did use it because he wanted to look like the hero or whatever. But it never would have happened if she didn't have the server in the first place. Right, and that's my question. Has anybody asked her? Because to get your own goddamn server takes effort, right? Yeah. And you have to have people to do this for you. What was the reason she needed her own fucking server? Has she ever answered that question? Well, it is, yeah. Convenience. Because then she could use a BlackBerry and she could, it, it was easier to work with. You know, when you. I don't buy you, that argument. Why? Are you saying that if you have a government. Uh, server, yeah, that she couldn't connect with her phone, with a government issued phone, she couldn't connect to that server. I think that would be a lot easier than setting up your own goddamn server that she could use her phone to connect to the yeah, server. Yeah, but you know, working for you, you, you don't work for a company, a corporation that issues um, computers, and and you got to go through a VPN or whatever, and you have all this these firewalls you got to go through and then they issue you a phone and then the phone is like I went through like three different phones my boss went through like 10 different blackberries because he would run jog with them in his pocket and get all sweaty and he burned the thing up and then they give him some piece of shit loaner he couldn't just go out and buy another phone they give him like an older version loaner which the buttons wouldn't work half the time, and he'd be so pissed off. It's possible that she just did it because now I could connect any fucking phone I want. This phone sucks. I broke it because I use it all the time. Isn't that a bigger issue? I can connect any phone I want to a server with classified information on it. Well, that was that was part of the other issue. It was some of the most of the stuff wasn't classified until after. Right, and all these things go back to trust, right? Character. What is character? Out of 33,000 emails, they found like 100. That were what? Classified or deemed classified after the fact. Okay, understood. But still, uh, I don't buy the reason she wants to create it. Um, I think something fishy's going on, and it goes back to character. Now, when you compare character, Donald Trump has zero character to me. Hillary Clinton has something there, right? Yeah. Um, and that's that's the only thing that separates these two for me, anyway. Well, when you say character about Hillary, because I've been doing as much reading as I can on her. Um, what, uh, like, what what bothers you about her? Here's what bothers me about her. She's been a career politician. Her husband was in office. She was the first lady. She's been secretary of state. She has experience. Uh, So I get back to this creating the private server. I think that's bullshit. It's more convenient. So I'm going to be more convenient, but uh, potentially risk national security issues. Uh, I know if I did shit like that at work, I would be done. It'd be over. I I wouldn't show up. They wouldn't let me in the building the next fucking day. 
Um, yeah, but it's it's an elected official that appointed somebody. It's not like a job. It's a completely different. Understood. It's government, like that. right? And they protect each other. And like you said, there's people on these emails that they don't yeah. want to get their shit fucked up, so yeah. they're gonna they're gonna go out of their way to protect her and and make sure that they call it per, uh, <clears throat> a corruption, but others call it politics. Right, but it, it, there is a culture of corruption here in, in America, and you could write a PhD paper on that. Uh, it, it's like an assumed thing. Like, if I get into politics, I may go in with the best of intentions, but when I get out of it, yeah, yeah I'm going to make sure my pockets are lined. And that's the other thing that bothers me about Hillary is she, it, because her husband was in the office, they know they're, they're all connected with all the lobbyists, with everything. Status quo, let's get all our people back in. And let's business as usual. And what's in it for me? Um, I get, I get, I get a sense from her that, you know, based on policy, that she does want to turn some things around. Um, more so, much more so than Donald Trump. Donald Trump just says what's ever on his fucking mind, and he, I don't think he has really any fucking idea what he's going to do if yeah. he were to be in office. It's almost like he's he says shits because he doesn't want to be president. And he says shit that, uh, here, if I say this, there's no way they'll elect me. And he's still in the race, and, and it boggles my mind. Um, so, yeah, that those are my issues. That's it. Those are my issues. Yeah. And it's, it's for the first time in a long time, going to the polls and not being excited about anything. And if you drive around the neighborhood... Like every election before this, you would see um, Romney signs and Obama signs or McCain and Obama. And before that, you'd see the W and whoever the fuck he was running against. You don't see a goddamn sign anywhere. Nobody wants to support these people. Uh, I think I've seen like two Trump signs in in this entire thing. and I've driven to Wisconsin, and I've driven wherever. Two of the goddamn things is all I could remember. Yeah. Nobody's excited about this, and there's nothing no. to be excited about. No. It's, it's, uh, and if Bernie was in, this it would be over by now. Oh, yeah. If Bernie was in. Without a doubt. And Trump just represents all the, the shit. He really makes, he gives a bad name to capitalism because he comes with this, He's a capitalist, but he comes with this corrupt bullshit and the, his corrupt business practices. Well, here's the of thing: of not paying it, people when you know he hired them for whatever. Yeah, and the way he manipulates the tax system, and oh, that's going to make him an expert on how to fix it. But wh- he, the guy, what makes you think he's going to fix it? Why would he fix it? Right. Yeah. So the thing about. Hillary, though, is I think Bernie changed the narrative. So when she was running, she had to take, she had to pivot like a major 180 to get the Bernie people to vote for her. And if she does not continue down that road, because there are both on the Trump side. And the Bernies on the Democratic side, the Bernie followers that are pissed off at a level that she does not know and Trump does not know. Trump has never picked up a fucking hammer 
I bet the guy has never done anything in his life. He's never shoveled snow or or cleared the snow off his own car. I can't. The, the kid, the, he was he was born with a silver spoon in his mouth. He's never done any work in his life. So I thought it was up an ass. Silver spoon in his ass. Probably. Is but it the mouth? Mouth and ass. He's got two of them. Uh, so he's never done anything. Like, he's never done any physical labor. He's never had a job where he welded something or did any woodworking or, or was a carpenter. So he doesn't know what it's like to to be one step away from being poor, and neither does Hillary. Maybe she remembers when she was going to Maine East, and didn't she go to Maine East? Maine South. Maine South. Uh, when she was a kid. Went to college and had to eat ramen noodles. Yeah. And there was a time when she could remember that, and Bernie has always had the same message since day fucking one. And he's always been on the right side of that message. Yeah. And he's he's been there through a lot of the thick and thin. He's got great stories of his parents and when he was young and poor and uh, going to school. And it didn't cost him anything to go to college. And that's the, the America, like you were talking about, that uh, we, we need back. Where people aren't in debt. Like I was talking to Joe yesterday about his son going to Kansas. And he is, it's like a 40,000 a year school. And you figure after four years, that's like a house payment, right? That's 160 grand. And if you take loans out on it, you got to pay it back. So you got to go back and live at home while you work a full-time job and not pay rent. So you can pay down some of that loan. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah, there's a ton of things it's that, another racket. that got us here. And, and one of them is college tuition. In in Leiden, Leiden University, uh, if my daughter wanted to go there, uh, it would be 1,500 euro a year. That's yeah. it. 1,500 That's euro. Because they know what they're fucking doing over there. But over here, uh, even at the state school, the tuition is, is like you mentioned, it's, it's a fucking mortgage. Because it's free money. They know they're going to get that money from, it's guaranteed. Coming from the government. Yeah. yeah. So why not drive it up? One of the things I heard somebody say about this election is that um, they're voting for Trump because I've hated Hillary for 30 years, but I've only hated Trump for one. <laughs> well, I read a lot of stuff on her, and she's really an advocate for kids. And kids health care and health care um she was more for the uh single payer which i am all for uh than the obama care which is it's fucked up it's gonna increase quite a bit like 26 percent across the board some states will go down others will go up uh trump keeps talking about you know, cross-border, state-to-state competition to buy plans. That's already been done in Georgia and a couple other states. It doesn't work because each states have their own laws 
when it comes to insurance. So everybody would have to be the same. It just doesn't work. So that's all bullshit, too. Well, the one thing we haven't talked about is Trump's running mate, uh, this guy from Indiana, oh, yeah. Pence. He's, he frightens me more than Trump. This is one of these guys that wants to uh, get... He thinks that the whole nation is having issues. The only reason we're having issues is because we kicked God out of school. And if we just get God back into school yeah. and we shut down Planned Parenthood and we we inject Jesus back into our daily lives, that'll solve all our problems. And that guy's a shady motherfucker, too. Yeah. Um, so that's... It's just uh, it's just awful. It's just horrible. Horrible, John. Horrible. It's horrible. And the other thing about Clinton is is her uh, close ties to Wall Street. You know, you saw it today uh, after the uh, the news came out that she she um, was not going to be charged, or they didn't find anything new on Wiener's computer. Uh, yeah, on yeah. Wiener's computer. Uh, the uh, the Dow jumped to almost three hundred points. <laughs> well, all yeah, only because they think she's going to win, and yeah. if if Trump wins, it's going to crash go in the op- opposite direction. Yeah, unreal. It is. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, one more story about Europe. We should, we should watch the results here. Yeah, we should. Um, Trump. Trump, Trump. When I was um, Trump, Trump, Trump. Trump, in Europe, Trump, Trump. a woman from Indiana. This is, is there. how Trump starts his car in the in the winter. Yeah. Trump, Trump, Trump. Trump, Trump, Trump. Trump, Trump, Trump. <laughs> yeah. Woman from Indiana. I'm working with her, and uh, we're in meetings all the time. We work together all the time. And she would always preface meetings with, well, you're not supposed to talk about politics or religion with people, you know, that you work with. but And then she would start talking about politics. <laughs> um, and she said some of the most dumbass shit I've ever heard. Uh, like she would talk about Benghazi and how Hillary Clinton could even be considered when she let four Americans die in Benghazi. So I'd start asking her questions because I really didn't know what the fuck happened in Benghazi. Yeah. I know that Benghazi was an embassy. I know it, it got overrun. And four people, four Americans died. And so I try to ask, well, how was Hillary involved? I mean, what what did Hillary do or not do that that she's responsible for this? And she couldn't really answer me. She she talked about YouTube and she talked about Hillary said it wasn't the terrorists. And I'm like, well, I, I really don't know what you're talking about. And I haven't researched it. But when I mentioned to her, well, if we held the W to the same standard that we're holding Hillary to, the W is responsible for over 3,000 civilian deaths. Yeah. And so what do you want to do about that? And she's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, what? And she's in her 50s. I'm like, what do you mean what am I talking about? 9 fucking 11 is what I'm talking about. Yeah. And it and this look came over her face like, wait, 9-11? What? George W was What? Well, first of all, it was under his watch. Second yeah, of all, a memo right. came across Condoleezza Rice's desk that said terrorists are going to fly planes into buildings, and it was fucking ignored. So if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, throw uh, uh, drag Hillary through the coals for four American deaths in Benghazi, tell me what we need to do about George W. for three thousand plus civilian lives 
on U.S. soil? And she had no answer. I'm going to have to research that. Okay. <laughs> you go ahead and research fucking 9-11. Where the fuck were you at 9-11? Yeah. Uh, Indiana. Not, not, e- not even that. It's uh, He had his own um, Benghazis. There were 13 attacks on embassies and 60 deaths under Bush. Well, that's that's what and, I don't understand. And there there was, seems to be... There go was ahead. no investigations. I mean... The same thing happened with with Reagan. There were there were uh, uh, like two major embassies overrun, and there was like three hundred Marines killed. So, and the, and the fact that they had thirteen, I don't know, like maybe it was seven probes into Clinton's role in the the death of the four. I think there was one civilian, or not civilian, one was a, like a congressman or something, or a ambassador, and the other three, or one was protecting that facility, and the other two came from the CIA post that they weren't even supposed to be at. And it turns out that they have a Republican on TV saying, well, we actually cut the funding for security to that facility. And Hillary was supposed to go there and meet this dude to do some negotiating there before that all happened. And get, what they're to saying, get the funding back? No, no, to to do some negotiating because they just got rid of Gaddafi. And so the, there was all kinds of civil unrest over there, and they had to get somebody in charge and get it going again and meet with the, the leaders there or whatever. So that was the whole deal, why they had this ambassador there, why the embassy was the way it was. But it wasn't set up to you know, be a stronghold. It was just this really nice house with a fence around it. And then the CIA stronghold really was kind of a stronghold, but it was supposed to be occupied with um, like some CIA people and then some, uh, um, I forget what they were, but like, uh, what do you call them, AIDS, some sort of, like the Red Cross or whatever. But there was a bunch of like Green Berets and stuff that they're, they're like mercs that were, undercover they weren't supposed to be there nobody was supposed to know that they were there so for them to get involved in it would cause all kind of diplomatic bullshit to go on and and could even make it worse but there was no stand down order hillary never said stand down there was no stand down by the cai ai guys there was no uh issue of a stand down order from obama they were trying to get troops over there right away, but there just wasn't enough time because it escalated so fast. And there's a like a Michael Bay movie out that's kind of propaganda called 13 Hours. It's actually pretty good. Um, but they there was seven probes, like seven or eight probes into this, and they found absolutely nothing. They wasted all these fucking tax dollars. There was one single probe during Reagan's administration with the two Benghazi-type uh, embassies that, that got 
overrun and 300 Marines died. There was nothing when Bush... How many probes in the 9-11? Oh, there was... There was 9-11 commission? Yeah. Just that one? Yeah. Yeah, 9-11 commission. Yeah, but well, that, that, they were dra- trying to drag him through the mud on that one because uh, they found evidence that he had memos that came to him at Camp David that said... The W did? Yeah. yeah. Well, Condoleezza, she probably Condoleezza. didn't hand them over to him. Who knows? I don't know if he can even read, but... <laughs> Was it in Cran? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then he could. But this, there's just been this constant witch hunt, and I don't know what they're like so fearful of. I understand what they're worried about when it comes to the Supreme Court, because if she gets becomes president, she gets to not she gets to appoint the next Supreme Court, which could be it's not just one, but it could be three or four more positions because. There's a couple of them that are getting pretty old, and one of them, I think, has cancer or something, some health issues. Or you could have Donald appoint yeah. those people. That would be exciting, wouldn't it? Well, that's what they want. Why? I, I just don't know. So I haven't talked. I've that's talked what to, the Republicans want. I've talked to uh, some Trump supporters, and this is just my observation, and I haven't talked to a lot of them, but... In my opinion, there's no critical thinking going on. There's, I don't know if it's emotion. I don't know if they're just so discouraged with the current um, situation with Obama and now handing it over to Clinton. But they they don't think critically about anything that Trump says. And then they, when he says stuff like he's grabbing women's pussies and that's the way you do it and like, oh, yeah, and they can defend him for that kind of stuff. And you even see that on TV, these Republicans defending, oh, that's just locker room talk. Yeah. we John, we've known each other a long time, and yeah. we've had locker room talk. Have we ever talked about women that way? No. Never. Um, and I think even some athletes came out and said, hey, wait a minute, we don't talk about that shit in the locker room. Fuck that. That is not locker room talk. So it's. I mean, you could look at a woman, you could whistle or, you know, or talk about uh, whatever you're going to talk about, but you don't actually talk about sexually assaulting them. Right. You know what I mean? I mean, you could look, wow, she's got a nice ass or something like that. Yeah, you can be appreciative. Yeah. But you don't. (laughs) You don't say, you know what? You just grab them by the pussy. Yeah. That's what I do. That's what I works every time. And then there's stories they about him. That. They let you do it. You just do it. Beauty pageants. So because you're cool. We can walk in yeah. uh, unannounced and, and, and they're half dressed and yeah. some of them are underage. I mean, the guy's just so fucking creepy. Just look at him and he's creepy. Um, he looks like a creep. I love China. But there's no, there's no critical thinking. It's just like, yeah, if he says he's going to build a wall in Mexico and make or, uh, to divide Mexico and make the Mexicans pay for it, yeah, that's a great idea. I no- love Mexican people. <laughs> Nobody says, right. well, how the fuck is he going to do that? Like I do. Well, how is he going to do that and make them pay for it? How ridiculous. 
They just say, they just buy it. Oh, yeah, that's right. He's going to do that. It's so goddamn ridiculous. Ridiculous. All right, John. So ridiculous. Historic, uh, historic day. Coming up, man. Coming up. Tomorrow. I'm going to try to vote at 6 a.m. Yeah, me too. Well, if we keep talking, it'll be 6 a.m. Get that out of the way. Have we said enough about this? Is it at 6 a.m. or 7? Hey, so I like your idea about uh, having a show. We're going to have a show when we watch the results? Is that what we're going to do? No, no. I was, or are we going to practice? No, Rick wanted to think, come by. No, no we're not going to practice. We can't practice while this is going on. This is historic. historic. We watched the last one together, didn't we? Or we talked on the phone or texts while we drank. No, I think you were over. Yeah. Drank uh, scotch. So we're not going to record as the results come in. We'll no. record after the fact. Record what? what do, no. Uh, episode 313, dude. No, no. We're <laughs> not going to do that. We've never done that, have we? Two in two days? They're not going to know the results until like 11 o'clock. Yeah, it's 11.06 right now. 11.10. And then we're going to record a podcast after that? No, we're going to record at, starting at 8 to 11. Oh. oh, I don't know about that. Really? Yeah. How could you do it? You're in that other room. Yeah, I can't even see the goddamn, goddamn TV. chair. I can't watch yeah. the TV. That's not very comfortable for you. No. You're kicking back in that lazy boy. Can I kick back? Is it a recliner? Yeah. Is it? Yeah. Oh, well, I haven't, I haven't used that function <laughs> yet. Is Phil coming? No, no. He uh, he was planning on it, but he uh, just texted me and said he's not going to be making it. He's because, not going to make uh, it. He got tied up um, having a, a debate. You have to speak English. Yes. Somebody to has to come English. out and tell it like it is. Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz. Barack Obama. Barack Obama. I'm a free trader. Did you hear the music? What is that in the background? <laughs> I'm a free trader. I'm a free trader. Politicians are all talk, no action. So are you, you dumbass. We have very stupid people in our country negotiating for us. No coats. Confiscate their coats. Confiscate their coats. Go back to Univision. Oh, that one doesn't work. Uh Uh-oh. Uh-oh. It's a piece of garbage. He's a pussy. He's a pussy. Trump, Trump, Trump. Trump, Trump, Trump. Trump, Trump, Trump. I'm going to bomb the shit out of him. You're fired. China. China all the time. They failed. He's a loser. He's a loser. They just don't make the, they just don't make the, uh, what do you call them? Soundboards. Soundboards like they used to. No, they don't. No. We had, we had such good ones from the W. Although we had eight years <laughs> for them to collect all that shit. The Trump soundboards aren't aren't as good, you know. I'm really rich. You know what I mean? I know what you mean. They just don't make them like they used to. No. You know? Yeah. Oh wait, here we got Trump salts. You take a listen, your mother. She said, Donald J. Trump is calling for a total and complete shutdown of Muslims entering the United States. She said he's a pussy. 
I mean, I'd look her right in that fat, ugly face of hers. I'd say, Rosie, you're fired. I think you sound ridiculous. We have losers. We have losers. I'd like to take some money out of her fat ass pockets. The press are liars. They're terrible people. I don't have a lot of respect for Megan Kelly. She's a lightweight. Listen, you motherfuckers. <laughs> Listen, you motherfuckers. So if you see somebody getting ready to throw a tomato, knock the crap out of him. I never attacked him on his look. And believe me, there's plenty of subject matter right there. Probably I'll sue her because it would be fun. My education's better than any of them. I'm smarter than they are. Wow. I will make that wall impenetrable, okay? Impenetrable. You don't have to worry about how high it'll be. And Mexico will pay for that wall. The audience swung <laughs> back. And I thought it was very, very appropriate. He CNN is terrible. We'll beat the shit out of them. You know, you could see there was blood coming out of her eyes. Uh, blood coming out of her wherever. <laughs> He's a class act. Isn't They're he? bringing drugs. They're bringing crime. They're rapists. Rosie O'Donnell's disgusting. I mean, both inside and out. This is a country where we speak English, not Spanish. And you can tell them to go themselves. I'm going to bomb the shit out of them. Get them the hell out of here, will you please? What kind of people do I have here? <laughs> Their leaders are too smart for our leaders because we have stupid leaders, okay? Okay. She talks okay. Like, a, like a truck driver. He's a war hero because he was captured. I like people that weren't captured. Whoever the hell brought this mic system, don't the son of a bitch to put it in. Oh. What? Stop. Hold on. What? I've had enough of that, but <laughs> I, for, I completely forgot about that war, uh, war hero comment. Yeah. Uh, how... One in two sentences, he alienated the entire military, yeah. and he might be their commander in chief. That's right. Ugh. I know the greatest <laughs> negotiators in the world. Some are horrible people. Horrible. Jeb Bush. Let's say he's president. Oh yeah, yeah. You're a very naive person. <laughs> You're not gonna raise that fucking price. All right. Hillary I'm... Clinton was the worst <laughs> secretary of state in the history of our country. How does he know that? Yeah. Sit down. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> Rosie is a loser. Knock the hell out of him. How can I be tied with this guy? He's terrible. We have very He's terrible. He's horrible. Have you seen the, the Saturday Night Live? I haven't. Oh, dude. With, uh, our country's Alec going. Baldwin? He is so good. Our country's going to hell. Rubio, I've never seen a young guy sweat that much. You don't even know what you're talking about. I, I, I don't want a nice, I want to kill her. He gets the nomination, they're going to sue his ass off. It's political bullshit. Anthony Weiner, who's a perv. And oh, the audience hit Hold back. on, hold yeah. on. Wiener. Anthony right. Weiner's the, the perv. Right. Our, pres our president, Anthony Weiner, who's a perv. It's why is that? Because he doesn't know how to grab put glasses pussy? on so people will think he's smart. We can't get a fucking school built in Brooklyn. She said he's a pussy. Throw him out. All right. You have this guy, Lindsey Graham. <laughs> Our president doesn't have a clue. He's a try getting it out. Throw All right. I've had out. enough. I can't take it anymore. <laughs> Here's a closing thought. And I just saw this. Um, Scientific America asked Clinton and Trump. They gave him a questionnaire on their science education, right? 
how how invested they are in in science. And we know, John, yeah, that science and technology in a global economy is the future of America. One of them. You got to be science literate, right? At least. So they were asked 20 questions and graded on a scale of 0 to 5. Clinton's answers resulted in an average score of 3.86. That's like a B minus. Yeah. While Trump average score was 0. 0.86. <laughs> 0. 0.86. He's it reminds so me of goddamn dumb. It reminds me of Animal House. 0. 0.0. <laughs> that gives him a D minus. So the question is, just based on this alone, uh, this sways me to Clinton. Because do you want the leader of the most technologically advanced country in the world? Uh, in science, uh, technology is based on science. Do you want it to be run by somebody who gets a D minus in science? Yeah. No. No. No, I say no. Isn't Doesn't Trump run around saying that uh, climate uh, uh, change is a hoax? Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, Jesus Christ. I mean, enough said right there. Enough. Science, John. Science. So, yeah. Tent. Yeah. You know what that means, Scott? I think so, John. Yeah. Episode 512. (laughs) Episode. 312. Episode. 13. 3. No, get it right, dude. (laughs) Episode 312. 312. In the can. In the can. Comes to a close. What'd you say? 5312. 13. (laughs) Holy shit, dude. (laughs) I don't know. I'm having a stroke. I don't know what's going on. Yeah. So here it is. The eve of the election, Scott. Um, and Yeah, uh, so that means we got to post this sucker tonight, I'm going to get this sucker up tonight and, uh, yeah, see what happens. See if we can influence people. Yeah. One way or the other. Maybe uh, 100 years from now when they look at the archives and they see that our show was released and there was a certain... Uh, uh, surge yeah. in, in voting, they'll credit us for nominating the next president <laughs> of 2016. <laughs> you never know. We could be in the congressional archives, yeah. dude. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all for this uh, show, 5 uh, three twelve. But it's not all for this year, John. No. We will be back no, in 2016. No, we still have uh, Alfie has got to come and visit. Christmas specials. We have post-election God coverage. Satan. Uh, yes. Right. All of that shit. Well, I'm John. And I'm Scott. So uh, say goodnight, Scott. Goodnight, Scott. Listening to John and Scott. A total talk nonsense.